Welcome to the not Tuesday show, but the Thursday show. My name is James Chen, and I am joined by, of course, Mr. Ultra David and Tubaware. How are you guys? Which way? This way. How are you guys doing? <laughs> I'm doing fantastically, James. Thanks a lot for asking that question, friend, who I'm looking at right now. Yes. Uh, no I'm, yeah, it's, it's good. We basically have moved into this location at this point. Things are even up on the walls for the most part, not categorically, but for the most part, mm -hmm. which is cool. I just watched Doom Eternal on GDQ, which I had a blast with. That game's super sick. What's going on, Tubbo? Uh, I'm a sweaty mess because it's just cool enough to keep my windows open but not warm enough to put on my AC. So I'm going to be just sloppy, messy today. Also, I want to point out how much better my camera looks. Way to go, me. I was just about to point out how I much better it. your camera looks. It looks great. I did it. It's what, all what, me, baby. What was the difference? Uh, the difference is I use NVIDIA Broadcast to make everything look way prettier and blur my background. Oh, yeah, I can do it that. It looks fantastic. I can so do obviously that this too. is Thursday. I can it's not Tuesday. Too. But on Tuesday, we were busy. James and I like committed to commentating other things. I actually had totally forgotten about it until basically an hour beforehand. <laughs> Might be. It didn't end up working out. So we're just postponing it and doing it on Thursday instead. It's basically the same thing. Although a couple things have happened in the interim that we're going to get to. That's but true. here's what we're going to get to. Uh, the, the general show, as you can see on the side, we're going to talk about MK11 and NRS being done supporting it. We're going to talk about Guilty Gear's input lag and the controversies that have resulted and stuff. Some stuff from Skullgirls. We're going to talk with Raph, who's our guest. That's going to be a lot of fun. We have uh, other things to get to, like KOF and a bunch of fun tournament results happened over the weekend, actually, we'll, we'll talk about. But let's begin by talking about Mortal Kombat 11. So here's the news from the Mortal Kombat Twitter account. At Mortal Kombat. NetherRealm is now focusing on its next project, and after more than two years of supporting Mortal Kombat 11, DLC for the game, including characters, has come to an end. That was announced on July 2nd. Mm -hmm. And then in some later updates, uh, some of the folks who actually work at NRS clarified, because some people took this kind of a weird way, this to mean that just in general the support's over so no patches no dlc like some people were like dlc has ended what about patches <laughs> yeah it's, uh, it's not gonna be any of those things so <clears throat> it has finally come you know for quite a while for many months at this point many people on the scene have wanted to know like what's the future for mortal kombat 11 is it going to be more game stuff more characters are we going to get another patch or like is nrs moving on and, and there's been a real strong desire among people in the scene. Um, I personally wish that the answer had been that there'd be more. I really like this game. But, like, it is good to have finality. Uh, right. What do you guys think about just, like, letting people know that this is going to be at an end? Honestly, I've always, like, thought that I want devs to let us know when support is done to be very clear about it. But it was really weird to see in this one little tweet, like, yep, it's over, okay, see you later, guys. Like, it was it was handled strangely. Okay. You would think that they would wait until they announce their next project and be like, also, this, you know, marks the end of Mortal Kombat support. There won't be any more patches, no more DLC. But they kind of were just like, oh, okay, see you later. We're just letting you guys know, which is a, I'm sure players appreciate that. Like, that's nice of them. But it's also odd. It was a really weird way to go about it. 
yeah, I mean, for me, it was just, you know, I guess the same kind of thing. It's just like a weird tweet. Like, not even, like, any sort of celebration thing or, like, hey, right, we're exactly. going to run one last online tournament. Here you go, and this will be the way we're going to close out, you know, because we're ending development on this. This is your chance to be the definitive champion of Mortal Kombat 11, you know, kind of thing like that, um, as opposed to just, oh, hey, guys, by the way. We're done. Yeah, it was, it was odd. It was odd. <laughs> it I felt very can... anticlimactic. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I can see that. I think that makes sense. In fact, when it was announced, the guy who won the last Mortal Kombat 11, like, official major combat, mm-hmm. uh, he posted up, like, hey, I won the final. <laughs> like, I'm the final champion of I'm NBA. the best. Right. I did it. <laughs> yeah. The final official champion. Uh I mean, of course, they they didn't have like everybody gathers in one place and have you know best in the world kind of end mm. of a pro tour like you can't right now. It was all regional, but that was the last regional event to happen. So he's like technically right about that. Um, yeah, look, I mean, I wish that. First of all, again, I wish that this wasn't the news. I wish that the news was instead like, hey, we're going to be doing more stuff. But you know, I guess I guess what I was thinking, I actually didn't think about it from your guys's point of view. Um, I was more just happy to know. And now that you bring yeah. it up, I guess I can understand that, like, yeah, maybe it would have been cool if there was, like, a announcement video or... Something, uh, you know, thanks fans for supporting our game for right. one yeah, year exactly. or whatever since it released. Because NRS just has the quickest turnover ever, but, you know, uh, that's, that's whatever. The, that's the other thing that's kind of upsetting to me as well. It's like... You know, they said that they were going to support it longer than their other games. And, I mean, technically, it is longer than their other games. But it's always been about two years, right? Well, if it was on the same schedule as before, their new game would already be out. So this is, is like, actually quite a bit further than most, or than anything previously since MK9. But, I mean, Um, hadn't they been at least, you know, still coming out with DLC and patches until that happened, right? Negative. No, no. Uh, For the the previous ones, support, like, development support is basically over in, like, the fall of the year before the new game comes out. So they would Uh, only just support it with... a year and a half of dev support, more or less. So this this is more... You know, like KP says in the chat, it was it was quite a while of like not having that much uh, mm. communication. So I think that that was part of the frustration that the scene had right. was that there wasn't. It, and this was strange, I think, in a way because I feel that NRS in previous times was really good. Like they were one of the best of the major developers at like having good communication with people. Right. Yeah, it makes me feel like they were working on stuff maybe, and for some right. reason cut it off because it, it was it's so abrupt and yeah odd you can, like 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 kp said in the chat nobody had heard anything for like eight months and now all of a sudden they're just like here's a tweet see you later like, <laughs> i mean it just, look it's, it's it's awkward to be fair maybe they had plans to do more for pandemic right i mean yeah, yeah that's what i'm saying like maybe <laughs> they just canned it so they can work on their new game how many things yeah have like been... i mean we, we know that this has made changes in other devs plans like other yeah. games have been postponed or other games have uh drawn out dev cycles like not just in fighting games but it's sort of in a general mm-hmm. game dev news so right, right. i think that so, wouldn't be a big surprise yeah. yeah one thing i want to mention is yes for sure it it was the longest lasting dev support out of all the nrs games but you know 
considering the comparison is, hi, Street Fighter Five is on its sixth year. Tekken yeah. 7 is on whatever, year eight or whatever, yeah. you know? Like, even Samurai Showdown is on its third season, you know what I mean? Like, that is crazy. And, um, you know, I'm, I'd rather know, because, like, I know the Soul Calibur community just hates everything right now because nobody knows if anything is happening, and we're all pretty sure nothing is, and we would just like to know for sure so we don't have to have any hope. But, <laughs> you know, at the same time, like I said, I was hoping MK11 would be supported for, like, you know, like, oh, okay, we're going to keep doing things. Here's some more system changes, balance changes for, like, three, four years or something like that, like a lot of the other games. Yeah. But it's just never been their I'm sure pattern. David so was hoping for that, and most players yeah. were hoping for that. But uh, this is just speculation to me, though. But I think that having, well, obviously, such good sales for Mortal Kombat in particular helps them want to push out more Mortal Kombat games more often. Sure. Uh, but particularly because I don't think the vast majority of people that originally purchase their MK games in particular are buying a ton of DLC. I feel like DLC is more for people who like to play online and compete and try to beat other people online or in tournaments because you don't need, you don't need character DLC to get through the story mode and get your enjoyment out of the game like uh, a casual player would. You, If only you knew. No, no. People <laughs> are definitely grinding towers with DLC characters for sure. They're trying to dress up all of their dolls. This is a real phenomenon. Like they're they're all really right. I, I'm I'm in the Mortal Kombat like subreddit and stuff and I see people talking about this thing, <laughs> this kind of thing pretty often. Weird. Um, so yeah, Weird. I mean right, it's not that's not necessarily the really competitive side, although some of us competitive side people do like dressing up our dollies as well, but yeah, I think that that is maybe separate. In in any case, like there's a lot of stuff to do. So again, I'm disappointed. I would want to have more. I feel personally that the game's in a really good spot, but I want to be clear that like quite a few people don't feel that way. Um, so I've seen a lot of takes on Twitter that are more like, we. I think that the game is one balance patch away from being perfect. Or I think that the game is like one tweak to this system away from being perfect. Or on kind of the opposite end of, end of things, good. I'm looking forward to whatever comes next. Uh, I'm going to go back and play MKX or Injustice 2 or like whatever game it was. But there's already been a movement among many people over the last probably half year, I would say, to to pick up MKX and Injustice 2 and even MK9 again. Um, and we saw MKX lives, right? I mean, that was an event yeah, that, uh, that people cool. were super, super hyped for. So there, so there certainly is this contingent in the NRS scene that, you know, for whom MK11 was not like the game that they wanted, really. Um I loved it, so that's not the perspective that I'm going to be bringing here. Like, I really am super <laughs> into the game. But, you know, I just want to give voice to that as well. So, <laughs> what a surprise. They changed the game a lot, and a lot of people who are hardcore into the old one don't like the new one that much because they feel oh. like they're catering to a completely different audience. Hmm, wonder if that sounds like anything else that's going on right now. <laughs> Definitely, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, people are grinding towers according to 16-bit. Uh, that's 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 what I see as well. I mean, I don't have like data on it, but I see people. Uh, I mean, 16-bit uh, all the right? time. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, obviously she would know. So look, um, as far as 
as their support for this game, I have been happy that it's lasted as long as it did. I thought that was great. When it came out, I was hoping to have a roadmap or something. Even later on, I was hoping to have a roadmap. I didn't want to give in to the same thing that I saw lots of people doing on Twitter and the like, which is just like bothering the devs constantly about like what was going to come up. I thought there was a, <laughs> a kind of gnarly part of the scene that was doing that. I didn't really want to give into that, but like I also did want to know like, what's going on. Um, so I wish that it was definitely supported for longer. You guys are right to bring up the other fighting games that are out now, which are basically mm -hmm. all getting longer support. Um, so I, I wish that it was like that. Again, though, I, I personally think that it ends its, its support cycle in a really good place. There are some characters that I think could use a couple of nerfs. There are some characters who I think could use mm -hmm. a couple of buffs. Of but I think in general, it's a, it's a well-balanced game. We continue to see that in tournament results, there's a ton of different characters represented. Um, even when it comes to things like the Mortal Kombat Pro Competition, like the regional ones, some some wacky characters won that. Terminator won won one of the regions. Like, okay. That that kind of stuff is definitely still happening. And this past, uh, as we'll talk about later, there was an ECT event that had uh, Kotal and Robocop and Baraka and Kano and somebody else all in like the top three or four. So there, it's still I think in a pretty good place. Would I like to see a couple of nerfs of Cetrion? Probably. Probably. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> is Cetrion actually considered I, that I also good don't now? think that she's... Yeah. She, oh, she's, she's the best, for sure. Okay, I think that's been okay. consensus for a long time at this point. Um, but anyway, it's not going to happen, obviously. <laughs> what, what, what do you guys think about how this impacts the scene? Um, does this mean that people stop playing the game? Is that is that true? If so, even for people who are like they like it, but they're like, all right, well, no more support, so I have to move on to something else. Like, how, how do you think this is gonna play out? I mean, I think people will keep playing it for now, but I think the competitive scene dies for sure. I mm. was, I was, but I don't, I don't think that'll stop casuals from enjoying the game. I was sure. sad to see. I think it was Rewind who tweeted. It was like, well, now that support is over, what game should I play now? I think it was, I think it was Rewind who I saw tweet that, and you know, again. Mm. I guess that's the problem with like the NRS community, you know, because their games change so frequently that they are kind of used to that. And so they will jump out of the game really fast. But, you know, for a lot of the other FGC, you know, once your game is stopped supported, you just keep playing the dang thing. You know what I mean? You just don't care. I mean, Marvel yeah. 3, you know, had a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> and and people are still playing Marvel 3 because they just don't want to stop, you know? Well, there's really good reason for that. Right. Yeah. Like, on, on both ends, like, Marvel 3 is incredible and MVCI was oh, a disappointment, right. so... <laughs> <laughs> Enough of your propaganda. In, in the NRS scene, there have always been players who kept playing MKX or MK9 even. Like, literally, you go online, people are still playing that game. Even on that one's online. And and there are other people who are playing it on Parsec and stuff. And there's still people playing Injustice 1, Injustice 2. Like, there still is that contingent. It's just not nearly as large. Yeah, I, mean, um, I actually think that... Oh, go on. No, no, I was just about to ask you. Uh, what do you, like, do you feel like MKX is, might be the currently, like, out of that era of mk9 through mk11 is mkx kind of like the most beloved of all the games or 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 what i i really think there's i think the most i could say about that is that each one has their fans okay. I, I, yeah, I really think that's, that's how it, it seems to me as well okay. yeah um for me mk11 is my favorite i know a lot of people who like mkx more i know a lot of people who like mk9 more 
I know people who would say MK9 greater than MKX, greater than MK11. I would know people who would say MK9, MK11, greater than MKX. Like, I feel like all of the different <laughs> permutations of that are things that I've fair. seen people say. Fair, fair. So, I mean, the, the MK, MK9 is huge in the scene because it it was such an important, like, rebirth, or even birth, in a sense, uh, for, for many people in terms of their getting into the competitive FGC. Uh, so for many people, that's like something that they're nostalgic for. But then MKX also did that for a lot of people too. A lot of people came into the scene with MKX. Right. Yeah. So uh, I think the most you could say is just that each one has their favorites. When it comes to this one, I actually think that MK11 is going to do okay. I still see, like before this announcement, still regularly getting events with hundreds of people playing per week uh, in just weekly events. Like that's still happening. And and even even now, like there are things that are coming up that are announced that I expect to have like significant players for. Um, so I think that I think there still is going to be stuff. But yeah, like once whatever it is that's next, once that's announced, I could imagine a little drawdown for sure. But I, I do think that people are going to keep playing it as well. I played it today. I streamed it today. I'm still really enjoying it. But okay. sure, I think that there's yeah, eventually at least going to be fewer people. Um, any thoughts on what's next? There have been rumors that they're working on something that's Marvel related. It might be Injustice again. Who knows? So, what do you guys think? I think the rumors are true, actually. I think the Marvel rumors are true. I think it makes sense in a really, really weird backwards way <laughs> for Warner Brothers to make a Disney product. It's very odd, but I, yeah, I do. I, I think the rumors are true, but I wouldn't be surprised if they're not. I you mean, know. basic based on some of the tweets that we've seen from people being like, our thing is supposed to be canon, you know? Like, I mean, you know, like, what in the world could they be possibly talking about outside of that, right? Yeah, in case people don't know, there was rumors that NRS was going to be working on a new Marvel game with, like, because, you know, obviously NRS is clearly the strongest in terms of developing a story mode and stuff. Uh, for fighting games and such so there were rumors that they were doing stuff it was going to be tied to the MCU and you know like I said from the tweets it sounds like it's going to be canon kind of thing so I don't know we'll see we'll see yeah yeah I really don't know what's coming next uh, but I'm hoping for the best I got a lot of pals that work at NRS so I'd like this to even be successful totally yeah um, I mean I don't, I don't have any specific knowledge on it obviously but I would be cool either way. We've talked about this Marvel rumor before. I would be cool with it. I, I am very curious how they would approach it. Obviously, I like the gameplay of their games a lot, so I'm excited about that prospect. Um, but yeah, if it's Injustice as well, that's also super cool of me. I really, really like Injustice. So I feel like kind of either way, I'm, I'm excited for what's going to come next. I think that it's something that I'll probably enjoy just to bet on it based on past history. Um, so, so yeah, for me, I'm, I'm stoked either way, I guess. Before we move on to the next subject, James, did you see the RoboCop trailer? Of uh, the game, the RoboCop game trailer. I yeah. mean, there was nothing in it, right? Like, they... did you see? Did you see what kind of game it is, though? It's a. I heard it's they, an FPS. The, it's an FPS like adventure action game. I don't know, man. You're a big mortal, or uh, sorry, you're a big RoboCop fan. Yeah. Do you think you can make an FPS game feel good? When you're controlling this robot that can barely walk, let alone run. Yeah, like, I what, don't imagine this game feeling very good at all. Right. That was the thing that I was wondering about. I mean, if it was like normal FPSing, 
Like, it just wouldn't feel right. Like, you can hear Robocop no. when he walks. It goes, pew, pew, pew. And right. if you actually play However, it, are you going to hear? counterpoint, counterpoint, in Mortal Kombat 11, he has some of the best, fastest, farthest dashes in the game. And he also has the only really far horizontal, safe on block, uh, basically, what is a dive kick? It's an air charge. So he's got great mobility. Huh? Huh? Maybe they just import that. Huh? Just like old Alex Murphy in real life. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hope for the best for James's sake, but I, I that I, I don't think that game's gonna work out if that's what I'm picturing it'll be. Yeah, I'm. It's sure not even an NRS game. I just know that James loves Mortal Kombat. They're, uh, they're, they're gonna get RoboCop. They're gonna add some story part to it where RoboCop gets like a speed upgrade chip or something. Well, it's supposed to be RoboCop one through three. That's what they're reenacting. Oh, really? That's I mean, that's what they announced. Yeah, there's well, gonna they, be you know movie one, two, and three in the game. Well, that sounds like a terrible idea because only yeah, one I agree, of them, dude. because only one of them matters. That's why there is no RoboCop uh, two. And there is no RoboCop three, honestly. I mean, I don't, I don't understand your hatred for two, but I really understand your hatred for three. That movie is terrible, <laughs> dude. RoboCop, oh god, RoboCop two. Yeah, don't get me started on that one. Dude. I do want to say All that right. I, think, I think RoboCop ends the dev cycle as actually like a high tier character. I think he's really good. Oh yeah, oh, okay, that's huh. cool. All right, yeah, that's I different from everyone else. Really good. I don't know that it is now. He got, he got some slight buffs. He's got the most health in the game like a zoner who has really good not really good he has good mobility and good stage control and the most health in the game i i honestly think that he's quite strong i think there's some matchups that he still struggles in but those are matchups where like he just runs into things that are gonna beat projectile users like it's just gonna be <laughs> tough to zone jade it's just gonna work like that um other than that i think he's really good shout outs to my man alex murphy uh, i'm still gonna keep playing the game again i'm not moving on I guess we'll see who else. But it's does. like I said, you have that in your blood, right? I mean, you'll I really still like play. Him, you'll still play Third Strike when you can. You know what I mean? Like, sure, sure, yeah. I'll, I'll play ST, you know, and you know things like that. So it's just it's a different mindset, really. All right, let's move on to the next one. Okay. Guilty Gear Strive. All right, explain to me. There have been. Uh, debates or maybe yeah. different findings on input lag in Guilty Gear Strive? Talk to me about so what's going I'll, on. I'll, I'll too long didn't read this best I can. Please. A few days ago, uh, some reports came out with testing in input lag for Guilty Gear Strive that said uh, PlayStation 4 and 5 users were a whopping three frames behind or have an extra three frames of input delay than PC. Mm -hmm. uh, many people, many figureheads were going off about this and just, you know, spreading what essentially turned out to be fake news. Uh, more testing was done, and it turns out that without VSync on your computer, if you don't play with VSync on in-game, that PS4 and PC are about a frame apart. PC is about a frame faster or so. Mm -hmm. Also, I'd like to point out that all the testing shows about five frames input lag, give or take, which is what we've been used to since, you know, Street Fighter V got fixed, essentially, right? Like, that's not that's not weird. Um, so five, now five what happens for is, which? What, I'm sorry, what now? Five frames for which? Five frame input delay is, like, standard for Unreal Tournament, or not Unreal, 
Unreal Engine games. Wow, my words are all messed up today. Um, that's what we've been playing with four or five. Uh, so a lot of figureheads like Arturo Sanchez, for example, were upset that PC and PS4, PS5 were so far apart. Um, and then it turns out they're actually not that far apart, depending on the computer you're using, the monitors you're using, if you have VSync on or off. But what happened from this is it spawned this big debate on should we move to PC for tournament right. setups again, one for thing, open bracket I, tournaments again. One thing I just want to add here is that, um, uh, you know, some people are saying that it wasn't fake news or that it was fake news or whatever like that. But Arturo does have a tweet that says, like, I do feel bad that the original incorrect input lag test got mad traction while this one did not get as much burn. As always in life, people read the outraged headline and never bother to read the retraction. Good stuff on the retest. So uh, there was definitely a retest yesterday, it looks like. Um, uh, let me see here. Yeah, and yeah, it's, this it, is the one that shows VSync on versus VSync off. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and they're also using monitors that are much higher refresh rate than most people have. Right. Most people, in general, have a 60 hertz monitor. Almost the entire FGC still plays on the old Evo, quote-unquote, monitors. Mm-hmm. So testing this on, like, a 144 hertz, 240 hertz monitor is much different. And also, it puts more weight on tournament organizers to spend money on these $300 plus monitors to go along with the $800 to $900 PC that they would need, which is way cheap, by the way, compared to like what prices actually are for usable computers right now and GPUs. But I'm trying to lowball it to make it make sense for people. Um, essentially, what I'm saying is stop asking for PCs at tournaments. <laughs> it's not feasible financially. It's not feasible logistically. Anybody who tries to push it for open bracket tournament doesn't know what they're talking about. I mean, for fuck's sake, NZXT, the PC builder, <laughs> got into the thread and was like, look, guys, this is not possible, and here's why. And people were arguing with the PC building company about the logistics of drivers and things breaking. And uh, it's it's very frustrating that every like year we go through this, this, this back and forth about can PCs be used for open bracket tournaments? They, they can't. They can be used for locals if you have like a 30-man local. They can be used for invite events absolutely for sure because you're generally going to use one or two PCs for those and – if one of them breaks, you can easily replace one PC. That's not a problem. Mm-hmm. But setting up 16 to 32 to 48 to 64 setups with PC plus, like it's it, it's unfeasible. It doesn't work. And Too you, much can go wrong. And you need the keyboard and mouse there so that you can operate every single one. Yep. Whereas whoever plugs in their controller can operate the console operating system right there on the spot. Um, the I mean, obviously we've already addressed the. The, the drivers for controllers. There was the one time who came over to your house, David, and you guys couldn't even play on your PC for Street Fighter Five or something like that. Uh, no, Casmer and I, Casmer and I met up to play Dragon Ball Fighters, and yeah, we spent actually two hours trying to figure out what the deal was, downloading different drivers, uh, trying like absurd things like, what if I plug in mine before you and whatever, like, whatever like <laughs> right. process we can think of. And just couldn't, it just didn't work. 
it just we yeah. just stopped we just stopped trying at some point we uh it'd be we like stopped that. hanging out even we were like all right see ya yeah yeah so that was uh that was not an, uh, a good sign i mean i i'm aware like tubular said that there have been locals that have done this like right. um Wednesday Night Fights uh, did this some years ago. And I'd like to point out that, that case, it didn't go great. It was yeah, I'd yeah, like to point uh, out that uh, it didn't go great. No, look, and so, they had they had mod, like uh, like uh, computers that were all exactly the same, yep. given to them by Alienware. Like yep. everything yeah. was uniform, and it still didn't work. Right. It's been tried, guys. It's like, been tried. One of the things to say is like this is not the time to move to PC. This is the time to yell at the devs and try to figure out why they can't make things work properly on console <laughs> to be honest with you like why is it that i mean i don't know if it is true but ps5 has more input delay than ps4 you know etc etc why can't the devs actually write the the the, the programs that actually you know it, it's just it's 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 a kind of a frustrating situation because the other thing too that i think is really important that a lot of people don't understand either is let's say the pc does become the optimal platform right my pc is not the same as david's pc is not the same as tubo's pc which is not the same as the pcs that are going to be at a tournament all of our experiences might be slightly different than each other we're not really yep. sure and yeah, there's yep. such things as, you know, the PS4 and then there's the new PS4 and whatever. And yeah, same thing. You're not going to have that the same kind of experience, but there's still a limited amount. And so if you want to practice for something that you're used to, you know, it's just it's more convenient on console right now. So if you know you're going to play on a PS4 at a tournament, you can practice on the PS4 at home and largely your experience is going to be the same as long as you use a good monitor with decent display lag you know um i think i think in the case of guilty gear strive in particular which is what spawned this conversation again people should be way more concerned that on ps4 and ps4 pro there are stages you you just can't play like the the game drops well below 60 frames per second on some of these stages at certain moments like you mm -hmm. can't that's that's something we should be yelling at Arxis about. Not, oh, I can't, this is one frame, move more lag, and I can feel like, no, you can't, shut up, you were going to lose anyways. Like that, <laughs> like, you know, like, Ogawa was going to beat you regardless, dog. It's not like you, you lost to Ogawa because the one frame difference. Like, that's just facts. But, yeah, there, there are certain stages on PS4 and PS4 Pro that they just lag. Like, they... they they the frame rate drops. That's way more important, in my opinion. That sucks. Than than the input lag. Like that's something people should be upset yeah. about. I mean, let's fix some lobbies too. I mean, right? I mean, at this point. Yeah. When the news was that there was a one frame of of input lag, one one input delay frame for PC, but like four or five for PlayStation. That I was like, wow. Okay, that is really bad but mm -hmm. yeah you know and at the time people were like well maybe like so so is it better to play online pc than in-person ps4 <laughs> like is that actually better <laughs> but it's not that stark right in the end um pc gives you a little bit of an advantage but it's not not nearly as much as we have previously thought right yeah i mean it's a bummer i've been playing on pc myself almost exclusively i've only like turned on the Me ps4 too. version of it a couple of times 
I only got the PS4 version of it because I thought that there were going to be, be people who I wanted to play with who would only get the PS4 version, and that actually yeah. hasn't really happened. Almost everybody who I've everybody I, who I have played with has been on PC, right. and mm-hmm. almost everybody who I would want to play with like also has it on PC. So I that think is, a that lot of people double dipped. I think yeah, a lot they, of people double dipped. A lot of people that we know, at least, like a lot of our sort of competitive FGC friends. Yeah, for sure. Um, so. Look, I would love it for PC to be the standard. Like, I think many of us would, even outside of Strive, I play on PC more than I do PlayStation. It's really just Mortal that I play on PlayStation. Other than that, I only play on PC. I would love it. That'd be great. It's just... <laughs> I play on PC know, because my TV is. that my console's hooked up to has input delay. <laughs> has display <laughs> lag, I'm sorry, as I discovered in Street Fighter V. So, well, I mean, I knew it. I just completely forgot after years of using that TV. So, you know. <sighs> but, yeah. I mean, the, the, thing, the, the, the thing is... We're not in a position where we're ready to do any of these kind of PC tournaments. I was really excited. What was it? There was one time where they were talking. It was the Steam console computer thing, right? With uh, that- the, 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 the Steam boxes that yeah, came out. Those, uh, those flopped real hard. Yeah, time. and I was kind of excited for the concept of that for in terms of maybe finally moving from... PC, you know, consoles the PCs because then we would, but sure. yeah, I, I don't even remember what happened to them. I just know they had the weirdest controller in the world and then everything disappeared. Oh, uh, well, well, so. well, the the Steam controller was separate from those. Like, yeah, you could just okay. have a Steam controller. That's you, you can get that. I was actually super excited about the Steam controller. I was more excited about that than I was about Steambox overall. And uh, then I tried it and I was like, well, I'm glad I tried this before I bought it. <laughs> yeah, it's not great. <laughs> But the uh, but yeah, the, what happened with the the Steam boxes is Valve partnered with like HP or Alienware or something, mm-hmm. and they put out these computers that were extremely overpriced for what you got, and people went, I can build that for half the price. Why would I give you money? And they flopped. Big surprise. Right. Like okay, okay. Like PC players don't want your shitty small PC because it's small. Mm-hmm. Like that's mm-hmm. that's not usually how that works. So right. yeah, those, those flopped hard, and and they're not even a good answer to consoles because. They're still more expensive than consoles, you know? <laughs> so it, it's not even a good answer. It's like an $800 package that you don't want to spend money on when yeah. you could get a PS5 I mean, like said, for $500. i am super confused, but I mean, like, I feel like PCs are like, like a different version of cars, different version of shoes. Like, people are like, I mean, I remember when I got my PC and you're like, you got to do this. You got to engrave your name on it. And like, it's got to have flashing, yeah, it was sick. flashing lights and stuff. And I was like, um. <laughs> I mean, I mean, most of those parts just come with RGB lights at this right, point. It's yeah. not even like. Like it's it's harder to find stuff without that now. Right, but that part that's just the, the weird. How did that become a thing? Like uh, it's just it's cool. Well, here's how. Here's how. Cause it's sick. Is why. Yeah, it's cool. Cause it's rad. What do you mean why? Yeah, of course it's cool. Uh, Tubbo and I were just actually talking about me upgrading my PC the other day because I haven't done so in about four years at this point, mm-hmm. and I I could probably use an upgrade, but. It's just not a good time to be trying to buy graphics cards right now. Sure right. It's probably not going to be anytime soon either. Sure won't. Not for at least a year. Not for a while. So it's just not, It's it, even if it were, everything else was great, right? And each PC was actually uniform and all the drivers worked, yada, yada, yada. It's just it's just a lot of money and it's, it's hard. I, I don't want to price people out of 
fighting games. I think yeah. that's a super and, important thing in fighting games. It it is more accessible financially than most other esports. Um, not categorically at this point, but like than most. And I would like to keep it that way. I think that would be nice. I don't I, I don't want to have PC be the standard that everybody's expected to keep, you know, updating their graphics cards on. That's just more than and that's the thing, right? I mean, yeah. someone asked how how I can be so weirdly outdated about PCs, even though I worked with them. When you're at an office, nobody gets PC with lights. Like you get the most boring ass PC because they function, <laughs> and I code yeah. on them, and I write yeah. code on them, and then you go to a lab where you have 400 of the exact same machine in racks and stuff like that. You know, when yeah. you're at a company that works with PCs, you get off more on the organization of the cables. Like when you actually see the cables are tied beautifully together and yeah. everything like yeah. that. And it's like, ooh, is this nice. is beautiful. And my desk had like, back even before we used to get all those models, it would be like five completely different Dells that are in completely different models. And then everything is virtual machines now. Now we don't even have actual hardware. Everything's a virtual machine in racks in in the servers and stuff like that dude <laughs> that's why i've never been a personal gaming computer guy like for me computers is like i use this to browse the web i use this to program i use this to do keep track of my finances i use this to but write that's emails. why you go home and then you have your super sick totally unique your own yeah, PC, like that's exactly. what's cool about it is that there's you all these the funniest thing boring is, ones out there and you go home and it's like, yeah, this is my baby. This yeah, my, The way cool. my home is set up, like right now where I'm sitting, I can't even see my PC. Like it's literally not in view. So the fact that it has colors and lights and stuff like that, I don't even see it 100% of the time I'm using my computer. Listen, buddy, I'm looking at my colors and lights right now, and they are flashing beautifully. <laughs> I don't. Even I got a couple to... of EFF stickers on there. I got a couple of ACLU stickers on there. I got some Broken Tear stickers on there. I definitely nice. make mine look nice. Yeah, I don't it's even right see mine. I, just, I don't even see it. <laughs> like, All literally, right. I look over All here, right. and there's nothing here. Like, there's Old just man the back yells of a bookshelf. There's All the back right. of a bookshelf here that's on its side, basically. That's anyway, this is not happening. We're not going to be playing fighting games in tournaments on PC nope. in any significant Give it way. Up. It's going to be it a up, couple nerds. of locals here and there. It's going to be a couple of invitationals here and there. If you'd like to play games at a competitive level, you got to have the version that people are actually going to play on, which mm -hmm. is PlayStation. And I know that when SF5 comes back to offline, I know that when Strive comes back to offline, people are going to say, oh, no, it's not as good as what I've been playing on, and they will be correct. That will be the truth. But also, we have to like live in the world where that's kind of how it is, and it's really yeah. hard to imagine it changing anytime soon. It is what it is. I would like things to change, believe me, but they haven't yet. Well, right. what changed was Skullgirls, David. All right, let's move on. And again, before we move on, I just want to say... That's why I feel like the devs need to actually get their shit together and make the versions on the consoles work better, right? I mean, like, I just feel like why why are we still stuck on a lot of this stuff, right? Especially on PS5 and PS and, and Xbox, which are supposed to be stronger systems. So well, would... input delay doesn't have anything to do with the hardware. I'd like to point that out. I mean, it does, but it's that's more of a dev side thing. It's not like 
the PS5 is going to have less input delay because it's stronger. That's not necessarily how that works. That's a that's a right. coding and development exactly. thing that they have to make a conscious. It, it's a dev about. thing, right? So we can't say we. The excuse is not that the consoles are not as strong as the PCs. I'm saying it should be very possible for people to make this work, right? So, anyways, okay. All right, Skullgirls news. And it is actually also PC related, so. It is. That's, that's kind of funny. So, for a while, Annie of the Stars has been available in early access on the PC. However, now she's just out officially. So, if you are playing on PlayStation, then now you have access to her. You can check that out. Uh, there's also a balance patch. And also, Skullgirls Second Encore on PC has been announced as a main official Evo title. Evo starting yeah, in just a couple weeks at this point. Yeah, what do you think about this? That's cool. Uh, I like to point out, though, that they play Skullgirls on PC not because better performance or input lag or anything like that. It's just because that's the version that's been supported still. Like, there hasn't been an update on PS4 in ages, from what I understand. Okay. So that's why this is moving over to, to, to PC, because the players actually only play on PC because it's the most up-to-date version. Look, I mean, when it comes to online events, PC's great, especially for things that have crossplay. but, like, it's, Absolutely. it's just great in general. Like, yeah, it's... That, that I'm cool with. I mean, again, I still want to have events for people who aren't on PC because, like, not everybody's on PC. I think that's important, too. But I'm all the way down with having lots of events online on PC. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think this is great. It's, it's cool that this is finally coming for them. I don't know that I want to overstate the value of this to the scene, but look, back in the donation drive year, was that 2013, I think? Yeah. Um, they almost got uh, into being a main official title. Melee, yeah. of course, beat them famously. And then last year, they were supposed to be on the main uh, Evo <laughs> stage as well uh, when it when it was online. And Evo just got canceled entirely as, uh, as we talked about unfortunately yeah things happened Uh, things happened yeah (laughs) so like there have been these two like almost situations and now it is happening i think that's really great i like that for the scene the scene has managed to not only keep going and not just like kind of in dwindling numbers over the years but like it's doing well and it's going to get a lot of entrance and there's news there's a patch there's a balance patch for Skullgirls. The new character just came out. There will be more <laughs> characters coming out. I just think it's remarkable that this game has been around for like nine years at this point. Um, you know, you know, what's funny is uh, several months ago, I was looking back at the year 2011 in my pictures because it was, you know, it was a decade. And I was like, oh, let's check it out. And one of the things that I saw. Check it out. Yeah, well, it was for other reasons. But yeah, so I was going for, I was going through my, my pictures on my hard drive. And I came across E3 2011. And that's the first time that I saw Skullgirls. That was actually where they were showing it off in 2011, E3. Uh, yeah. So this is this is a long, long time for this game, and it's still happening. I think it's really great. Yeah, I still. Yeah, it's definitely cool to see. I remember the first time I saw it was even before Mike Z got involved with it. They, someone just mm-hmm. brought it to an Evo, and he was just testing right. it. And I think that's how he got involved in the first place. Was that he was just messing with it and was. Probably like I could make NBC two again. <laughs> I mean, pretty much, yeah, yeah. And obviously, Skullgirls has had its own major issues. We also talked about that. What a bummer last year was. A lot of things happened. 
Mm-hmm. And so it it seemed for a while, at least, that like maybe there wouldn't be anything new for Skullgirls after all. Like maybe it would be over. And then the people who had been many of the people who had been working on it reformed into into a new company or into the one that that has the rights. And they have been doing all this stuff. Like what a what an incredible turnaround for that game. That that's it's just such a big roller coaster over the past you know year or so for this and now they're on season one of dlc 10 <laughs> years later right, right. Oh, man. that's cool I, I like it and also by the way i see some people in chat saying uh that they think the ps4 version is updated if i'm wrong sorry that's just what i was told i don't know i'm just repeating the information that i had i'm not a school girls player so if i'm wrong about that sorry but i yeah that's that's what i was told okay all right well, uh, again, just a little bit about EVO as far as the other main titles. SF5, MK11, Tekken 7, and Guilty Gear Strive. Not many surprises in that. Uh, and it's going to be split between two weekends, August 6th through 8th and 13th through 15th. Uh, but registration closes in one week. It closes on the 15th of July. So get in there if and you still are interested. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, I guess that's it for that one. Sure. So Um, I suppose we'll take a break. We're going to bring on our special guest, Raph. We'll talk with him about various things. His background, Guilty Gear, Guilty Gear Strive, commentary, all sorts of cool stuff. Yeah. All right. Be right back, guys. Welcome back, everybody, to the tu- the Thursday show, the Tuesday show, the Tuesday the show, Tuesday, <laughs> the Thursday, the Thursday show, the Thursday show, maybe Thursday. I like Thursday. Yeah, Thursday is kind of hilarious. That's every day, though. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are All right, correct. So we're bringing on Raph. What's going on, buddy? I see you down there on the bottom of our screen. Uh, so I was saying earlier, we wanted to have you on. Uh, shout out to Brock for the invitation uh, to chat about. You know your background, but then also gear, strive, commentary, all that sort of stuff. It's wild yeah. right now. Everything is just—it's crazy. This summer is blowing up, so yeah. it's fun, Tell me fun to talk about. When you started playing fighting games, how you got into the FGC, what was your path like? Okay, so I mean, playing fighting games started out like most '90s kids. There's a Sega Genesis with Street Fighter <laughs> Two, you know, and you had the arcades as well with the, the, the full control. But I'm, I'm a little kid. I'm too short to play on that, all right? So we're playing, you know, Genesis at, like, a cousin's house and getting beat up by a teenager when you're, like, you know, nine years old or however. <laughs> and that's, like, the introduction. That's, like, cool. This is fun. I don't know what's happening, you know, what have you. But it mm-hmm. stuck with me. And I always went out of my way to play a fighting game, especially going to arcades and seeing the just the announcers the bright lights the the button sounds you know it was never like any like full-size arcade or stuff like a mall or stuff but it was just like this is awesome like kid, kid me loved specifically fighting games like i could go to arcades and it was like you know there's other stuff there but you know i, I wanted to play beat-em-ups and fighting games just like those two exclusively 
What it was, was it about those two things that got you into them? Like, what was <laughs> so that, the you basically, you're saying you were a very violent kid and just wanted to beat <laughs> yeah. things yeah. up, right? Yeah, you yeah. know, I, I didn't go out much. I was playing video games, you know, and that was the, the violence just came out through that. And, <laughs> I don't know. Seeing people be able to, like, beat them up, beat each other up, and get get excited. It was, like, genuine excitement playing those kind of games that you didn't I didn't see when people would play other games. Because okay. the other games were meant to, like, beat you up and make you put more money in. Where these are games where you had to beat other people up and then put more money in. Mm-hmm. I, I like that know. distinction. I, that actually makes sense to me. I mean, but, uh, like I've always, I've always joked about, that's what video games were created for, right? First video games were Space War and Pong. They were designed for you to beat other people up. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so then at what point does it become a more serious competitive thing for you? So that was, I was basically going from you know, high school to college. Like high school is where I learned like about Guilty Gear, more about Soul Calibur, and more of the newer games of, of the time. And those were like mm-hmm. yeah. CBS 2, Third Strike, et cetera. And then going to college and then boom, here's another arcade, but here are people dedicated their time consistently to come here in my part of the woods playing each other. No, was competing. this at your college? Was this like the college at arcade? College. Yeah, yes, okay. the college arcade. Okay, yeah, cool. University what, of Houston. What? Yeah, okay, yeah. Had a car- arcade in like the student center that had CBS Two, Third Strike, Marvel's Capcom Two, and Project Justice all side by side. Nice. And just like, I, I was a quiet kid, right? I, I'm not super outgoing, you know, socially awkward, you know, you name it. <laughs> so I would just spend, Nerd. unfortunately, most of my time on a table on the side just watching people play mm-hmm. I, I would get like food from the student center and just sit there and just watch classes i don't know what classes were i, I was skipping them like 80 <laughs> percent of the time so i yeah. can watch people play fighting games and <laughs> no, like hop on there play the computer step off until like i got to meet those people and talk to them be introduced to them and then from there it was here's the fgc it's like, okay, we, we are a small subset of people who just hang out here at the school or go to the school and play. But there's a whole bunch of people who go to, like, Stargate, which was Houston's yeah. big arcade at the time, which at that time was kind of moving and dwindling down, but definitely was still there. So I'm lucky to be, like, the last few last group of people to be grow into right. the Houston FGC and be introduced to one of, like, the last amazing, you know, old school arcades of, like, the South. And just from there, it was like, hey, you want to play fighting games? Here's consoles, what you can do, to, which ones you can get, how to play them in maybe the, mo- the most not legal way because you're a college student and who needs to spend money on this stuff when you could just spend a little money and do it this way, you know. Good old Dreamcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What, what was it? So uh, you, you, you mentioned why you liked playing fighting games as a kid, but, you know, it's quite different to, like, enjoy fighting games in a more casual way and then to like really drill in on the competitive more serious side of it why did that transition happen do you think i just love fighting games that was the thing of like who no matter who i played or getting to play it was just enough and that's just just the pure love of, of fighting games as a whole like competitive i wouldn't say i was really the most competitive person i never really did sports you know i never was in any kind of competitive club what have you hmm. but it was just I love fighting games so much, and here's a social aspect attached to it. Huh. I'm getting to meet people who also like to do it. Let's just let's play and have fun with it. Now huh. that was what drew me into that, 
into the FGC as well. Like, I'm not like the best competitor because I definitely, you know, like, most people we take a loss hard and we don't like losing. That's just yeah. natural, right? No one likes to lose. <laughs> but I could get past that because I just love the game so much. And I just loved having other people to play and just do, do the thing. Huh. So it really was the social aspect for you. I mean, again, you like the games a lot, but it was the social aspect for you that really was the draw for the for the FGC. So that, that is to say, it was it was as much about the FGC as it was about the sort of competitive wanting to win tournaments, right? Yeah, just be, being able to be around fighting games or people playing fighting games. Dude, I mean, it's just I think to me it was just super cool. cool. People cannot underestimate how wonderful it is to find other people who enjoy the same things that you do that you can talk about in a way that nobody thinks you're weird or obsessed or crazy and stuff like that. And it's, it's a wonderful thing to, to find that kind of community and everything. It's just why, you know, I don't, I don't tell people to go to offline events because until you do, you're not official. It's because when you're in that ballroom on Sunday and everyone's cheering together, it's, it's a, it's a wonderful feeling. You know what I mean? It's just, it's an amazing feeling. So. And let's not pretend like it's easy to make friends as adults either. <laughs> it's really hard to make friends as adults. So having a common hobby together, wonderful way to meet new people yeah. in, in, as an adult, yeah. for sure. Mm -hmm. In your late 20s and 30s, you know. That's I mean, not an and I, joke, I joke to myself about it. Like <laughs> fighting games ruined my my college education. Like I don't. I only went to U of H like the one year. I went to community college after that. And... My grade showed that I didn't go to class, but I'm just like, this is something I like. I don't like being in class. I like fighting games. So yeah, <laughs> went to there. Oh, man. I definitely, yeah. but then, like, I, I still remember one time I set an alarm on my pager in the middle of a class just so it would go off like 15 minutes later and I could pretend it was like a major call that I had to take. On your, on your what? On my pager. Yes. On my, on pager. your what? On my pager. Hey, what what uh, showed up? Did you did you have like a call sign for yourself or something? No, I just uh, I just uh, just made it my alarm go off, right? So you know. Beat beat, man! What a what a guy. Yeah. And uh, so... Yeah, I mean, I I had that I had that experience too of ditching or just like outright not going to class yeah. a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, don't please kids. Go to school and stay in school <laughs> if you want to be like ultra david you ditch classes all right <laughs> yeah i went i probably have 11 years of post high school education but yeah that's right <laughs> ditch uh anyway um so so when you were becoming more serious about games which ones were they i mean it was cvs2 was like the biggest one you know third strike those two are especially at the arcade right the whole first year was just like let's get better, learn fighting games, learn how to use an arcade stick, because that's my introduction <laughs> to arcade sticks versus using our, a GameCube controller, because that's mm. I didn't really have a PlayStation or nothing. I was all like playing on really, really bad controllers. So, it was those, but then Guilty Gear. With having a PlayStation, having the ability to play it, having had Guilty Gear in high school because of seeing it in arcade and being interested, but then learning that there was this really unique Guilty Gear community in Houston. And, and that coincided like right when Accent Core came out, which was, you know, 07, um, starting off and having an arcade that actually had that there. And then be, getting to know the community and really growing with that. 
So it was definitely always like there's always Street Fighter. Street Fighter was a central part of it, but then Guilty Gear was like that second central part, and both of those were like in tandem for what it was just what I was serious about playing, and especially because like Street Fighter Four came out, you know, and like you know yeah. four years after I was introduced to the FGC, 2009, everything kind of blew up as we all know. <laughs> and but Accent Core was still a big part of that. So just having like Guilty Gear and Street Fighter, and having those two communities like intertwingle, intermingle, you know, because of we having on arcade here was just a great time to be kind of learning to be competitive in fighting games. So, I mean, do you consider Street Fighter, like CVS2, or Guilty Gear kind of like your thing? Like, which what series do you... Like, if you had to pick one of those series to, you know, take onto an island, you know, and be trapped forever with your favorite playing partner, then what? which, which one would it be? It'd be Guilty Gear. Yeah. Like, I, I would still love going back and playing CVS2. Like, that is a game I will never get tired of. Like, most people who grew up with CBS 2 it was their main game. Like, I, I love Third Strike. I could play that, too, but CBS 2 is, like, that special part in here. Mm-hmm. Because, again, that was a fighting game that I just played by myself so much in right. high school. It's just, like, that attachment. Like, Guilty Gear was a solo experience, too. And I was playing Azuka as my first Guilty Gear. Oh, because this is, a, wow. this is the newest one at the time. I don't know anything. I go into a right. GameStop. I have Guilty Gear XX, Azuka. Oh, this is the newer one. I'm like, okay, cool. I had no <laughs> idea what I was getting myself into. I was having a good time because I didn't know any better. And I was yeah. ignorance is bliss. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so how then do you turn this into what I think many people will know you best for now, which is commentary. How does that arise? Honestly, it's just one random night at the arcade that I will not name because that place was terrible at the end of it. <laughs> okay. But if all you, right. y'all, y'all, y'all know the Houston history, you know about a certain uh, oh. place. <laughs> yeah. I do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know of a certain place. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> but uh, it was just one night. They were having a Street Fighter Four event on a cabinet. I believe it was... Uh, a special event they were doing like a ladies night event and it was just like hey woman only street fighter 4 tournament and like okay we need someone to MC and just talk about stuff and i was there and i was like you know what pass me the microphone it wasn't a stream or anything it was just outside it was like a you know, projector and just like hey let me let me i like i know the game i can try to talk about it and the guy who owned the place was like okay have fun and i did one of my favorite pictures is from that night and i look oh, back at dang. it you know once in a while but it was just speaking on a mic to a bunch of people who were mostly casual people to street fighter or you know, some of the people who were there more serious competitors and just calling that out and that stuck with me because that was early on but that to me was like the like the, the seed that eventually mm-hmm. grew because that place later on did have events where they tried to stream and they had me on to to commentate you know every 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 now and again and then, you know, seeing folks like you as I started to go into tournaments around 2012, kind of do this commentary thing and just saying, okay, I can, I'm gonna, I wanna give it my fair shake now that I'm actually going out and about. And there's not really much locally outside of like a Texas showdown, but seeing opportunities and starting to travel then, cause I mean, again, that was like seven years after I first got into the FGC finally, leaving the nest outside <laughs> of state like did plenty of in-state stuff but then like, okay, let's give this a shot and that was around 2014 where i really like said let, let's 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 work it like I, I still love playing but 
this part of me that likes to speak about the game, I feel like I would do well in something like this. Because again, at this point too, having worked full time years since then, having become better about being outgoing, being more expressive, mm-hmm. and built, having built that experience naturally, I felt I had the, the confidence to try doing commentary. Yeah, that's something that I wanted to, to ask about. I'm glad that you brought it up. I think many of the people who go into commentary are people who, who don't feel that they're shy. Some of them, some of them do. I mean, I, I've told this story many times. In, when I was in college, I was super shy, and I never really met most of the people who were going to the arcade there because I was too shy. And so I, you know, in between, like you, I felt like I kind of grew out of that to some extent. But, but how do you feel, as somebody who has that kind of history as being on the Shire end, how does, how does that translate into doing commentary? Do you, do you feel that that was a strange approach for you? I don't know. It's it's weird because like, I, I still think of myself as really introverted, and mm-hmm. I'm still shy in a lot of aspects. Like I'm quiet. I'm, I, I work. I don't really not super talkative. I try to have fun, but it's like you know, it, it's it's reflective. But and I still find myself being pretty open. But like the the whole process, I don't know. It just felt natural. It was one of those things of like I can just speak, and I never really like pictured like the audience. I never really mm. thought of the people watching. It was just, this is something that I love so much and that I, I can talk about because I'm, at least I'm seeing new stuff come in as you're watching and I can speak on it and I don't have to really think too much for myself, although I have to. You know, I have to learn how to do that better, mm-hmm. but to be able to just visually process information and just talk on it, it just felt so easy to do because of just my love for fighting games. And that, that, that trumped any kind of shyness that I might have had. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, if I may speak to this topic a little bit, because I consider myself extremely introverted and extremely shy to the point where, you know, during the pandemic and even before the pandemic, I just don't even contact anybody, right? Because, like, I'm always, I just I feel like I'm going to bother everyone. There's something weird about being introverted and performance. Like, even mm. when I was a little kid, I would go and sign up for all the little plays and I would always do, like, the, the lead role you know, because I could memorize the lines and it was fun to perform and stuff like that. But at the same time, I never talked to anybody, you know, and there's just, there's something weird about that. It, you know, to say you're introverted and shy doesn't mean, like, I don't know, like, there's that weird stigma that just means that you don't want to be seen or heard or whatever. But if you can get yourself into a point where you're seen and heard in your own controlled environment kind of way, you know, like that. There's something about that 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 makes it okay. It's weird. I, I'm not sure mm-hmm. how to explain. No, that's it, so. that's my experience too, dude. I yeah. mean, before, like I said, before I got out of my shell, I was very shy. In high school, I won best speaker at like a youth and government speaking event, <laughs> and and I and I literally get off the stage and and am completely silent and invisible. Like as soon as that happens, like right, it's just, yeah, it's, really, uh-huh. like, it's like a. I walk onto the stage, hey, I'm really effusive, and then I, I'm off the stage, and I'm just like, you know, I'm not talking to anybody. Right. That's, that was definitely my experience, too. <laughs> and that's the thing, too, right? Like, I mean, someone in the chat even asks, I wonder if Yipes is introverted. Probably not, 
But I mean, even like someone like Mike Ross is really introverted, oh, yeah. right? And then, uh, I mean, look how many of these singers, actors, performers that we know. You know, I always think about, uh, you know, uh, the singer, gosh, for, I always forget the band uh, that just recently committed suicide because of uh, depression and stuff like that. Like, they're like performing on stage in front of everybody. And it's like, you know, it's it's weird. It's like they're definitely, Chester Bennington, Bennington, the one that just, uh, Chris Cornell as well. Yeah, Linkin Park, I think that's the one I'm thinking of, yeah. So there you go. You said you said recently. I was like, "All right, that's not that's like five years ago already." Was that five years ago? It's something like that. Holy yeah, they just had like the X year anniversary of that right. happen. I mean, but anyways, yeah, anyway, no, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, let's move on from that. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I I don't think your personality type has much to do with right if you mm-hmm. want to be on stage or seen or not. Yeah. I mean, I I that just. That's person to person, but I, I don't yep. think extrovert, introvert, omnivert has anything to do with it. Sounds right to me. All right, let's talk I mean, about Guilty Gear. Let's talk about Guilty let's Gear. Talk about Guilty yeah, Gear. Okay. So, cool. I mean, right. look. So, Go ahead, David. Go. You're, you're somebody who's been playing Gear for a long time, all the way back to the 90s. Talk to me about how that influences how you feel about Guilty Gear Strive and how you feel about Guilty Gear Strive in the first place. Okay. I love the game. I love, okay. I love Guilty Gear. And it, when everyone can remember, I started Guilty Gear with Azuka. I was introduced <laughs> to a wacky party game version of Guilty Gear. How what? many Guilty Gear Azuka tournaments did you win? As a How? Guilty Gear Azuka main. I didn't even see any. Yeah, were there any? <laughs> we had a tournament for Azuka. I think St. Kohler was in one, according to him on Twitter. And he, that's why he never played Guilty Gear after that, because that was like the only game he got into. But I mean, for me, like... I always thought Guilty Gear Isuka was a joke, right? Did it actually exist? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But yeah, so, it's so just that, like no, yeah. no, no, go for it. Because like that's just the thing. Is like I, I've seen so many and played so many versions of Guilty Gear. I've been a part of the cycle, right? I started FGC with Guilty Gear with Reload, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and then arcades and actually being in the community with Slash saying like a sharp contrast from the previous game to that then you have accent core and how crazy that got in terms of people playing it and just how wild the game is yeah you know and it's, it's just like the, the changes were so distinct so i get to see that whole cycle and seeing it again with strive it just kind of it's just natural it's mm-hmm. it's the growth yeah. of a series especially as it's getting bigger and right. i understood from the get-go here is what's potentially going to be the biggest entry guilty gear has had and it, it shows because it is yes. and it, it's gonna their, their aim is to have a farther reach so things are going to be different and i've played so many other fighting games that different is fine i have i feel like i can transition well to whatever changes or however new thing because i just again love the series enough and i'm accepting of it because uh, most of the community is like always wary but i just take it as i won't know until i play it but typically i'm gonna have a blast and I have. It's been a wonderful game experience. You know, playing the game feels great. The online, not thinking of online, not thinking of lobbies or that, just actual playing the game. I feel like, man, this still feels like Guilty Gear. That at its core, that part is still there. Things have changed, which are going to happen. But just like XX to Exert, Exert to Strive, there's always going to be like a, you know, it's, it's still going to be different like, as a whole because it's a whole new engine, whole new all this, right? right. So. Who, who do you play in Strive right now, curiously? Uh, Geo. 
Giovanna. Mm, okay. So I, play, I played 2D, the character. The 2D stands for two dog, <laughs> right? And who did you play in, in, in Exert? I forget. Oh, boy. I ended with Axel. That was, like, Axel. the last character I really played. Gotcha. But, like, when the game first came out, played a little bit of Faust because that was my accent core main. And then, like, transitioned to Leo until Axel became a character. Right. But even though he was in the game from the beginning, he wasn't on a character select <laughs> until uh, Rev 2. <laughs> it happens, you know. We've been there. <laughs> so you you are enjoying the game then? You you have been playing it a lot or what? Not a lot, honestly. I, I, I play I boot it up now and again, but I, I tend to play with like a small group of friends from other games a lot. I, I like gaming so much that right. you know, fighting games is a big part of it, but I just play so many different things and I make time for it. But not as much time as I maybe would like, but that's could easily be said for all the other games I'm enjoying playing. So I mean, yeah, is I this, think that. Like I was just about to ask, like, so is commentating strive something that you want to get yourself into, like get out there and do as much as possible at this point? It has been. You have I've been, been yeah, lucky sure. to have been part of a plethora of events. Uh, starting with the Arc Systems uh, Strive launch event, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. being able to be, you know, called on to work that, and you know, since then have just worked every weekend. Either you know, it's typically been every weekend, maybe one or two events, you know, in some capacity. Not may, not really any weekly stuff. That's usually like that, but just like volunteering, asking what people need, and just it's been it's been a blast of just being part of that ride and really doing my best because like i didn't do anything during the pandemic like if y'all kept tabs on me like me and fighting games were really just like separated i would i was just crowd monster stream monster i didn't even try to commentate during like the whole online transition and that was fine you know i'm content being a stream monster i love being a crowd monster if you ever watch like a major (laughs) and i'm not commentating i'm usually in one of the first 10 rows just being a dumbass Mm -hmm. and i love it (laughs) More reasons for people to go to these local to, to go to events, just so they can experience that and see Raph. Yeah, you know, a friend sent me. Let's do. Oh, let's say a, a friend sent me a video today of him racing another FGC member with Ranma Sama offering to be their hurdle in the hallway <laughs> of a hotel, <laughs> and nothing has made me miss majors more than seeing that video. Like straight up. Yeah. Like, as soon as I saw it, I was like, man, I really miss having fun and being an idiot at Major. It's like, it's, it's the best. It's, it's nice to pretend like you're 14 for a weekend. Yep. <laughs> Dude, you have those I mean, videos like Crowd Monsters. Like, there's always the fan, my favorite of like Flo versus Marn Foot Race. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, that was a legendary. <laughs> I mean, you've been seeing those videos out there. I mean, those the, the memes recently of like, this is what a 30 year old looked like in 1980. This is what a 30 year old looks like now. Like, I mean, it's there is something to be said about having the ability to display that youthful energy, you know, when you're out there like that. And I think that's very important and something that this current generation really takes pride in, you know, enjoying the things that we enjoy. Mm-hmm. So speaking of, of doing events, um, are you planning to go back to offline things? Have you has anything like that happened in Houston yet? And, and in the future, are you planning to do that soon? I plan to do it 100%. Like, I've already booked for CEO. Got, okay, like, yeah, I was going to ask. Yeah. All that. You're there. For commentary. Like, we're in there. Uh, I'm happy for it. Other stuff, like, a little earlier, I'm not, like, too jumping into. I know there are some mm-hmm. events, like, in, as early as August. I'm still a little 
let me let me see how the first two live events go <laughs> before I make like a full commitment. But December's at least far enough away I can make that like snap judgment either right. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, nothing really has happened in Houston, but things will be happening soon. There there has been like a weekly like uh, gathering at like a bar where they well they have a lot, a lot of setups and people are really blowing it up, having fun. I haven't really gone then because Sunday evening I like to like cool down, get ready for work the next day, etc. Of, of course, it's nice to see like things working well. But things will be popping up, you know, soon. We don't have a dedicated like space, like some other places are lucky to have that are still open. So we're, we're just waiting to see how things. Well, I'm waiting to see how things go because I'm not part of the TO end. I'm not working on the logistics. So more power to folks like you know Hobby and his Texas Showdown team, <laughs> and then another guy named Roy, more combat player who does uh, events as well, who are getting back into gear. And we'll see. You know, have stuff announced. Nothing in stone, but it's right. something in the future, which is nice to see. Right. How, how does the Texas uh, Guilty Gear scene feel to you? Because, you know, a lot of people aren't aware of this, but, you know, back in pff, Evo 2005, 2004 area, you know, period of time, Texas was a massive Guilty Gear powerhouse. You know, they were some of the strongest in the scene. Jan, you know, was even playing, you know, a lot back then. Shin Kenso, who a lot of people know, was playing back then. There was, like, I always bring up his name, David Hem, you know, Asian Hitler. You know, yep. he was a big, <laughs> he was a big guy back there, too. You know, there was a lot of... Texas was major into Guilty Gear, and I'm curious how if that if that like strive is almost kind of rekindling that that love in Texas. I mean, I couldn't, I, I can't really say so. I think mean, most of the people who are playing still, mm-hmm. outside of like a few outliers, are still like the people you would expect to play Guilty Gear. And there's new people too. Um, not having gone to like an offline event yet, I can't really right. say. I know a lot of people are playing at those, but I haven't really met the people to kind of like see well, how mm-hmm. are you liking things and being introduced to that but like it's it's tough because i feel like things are as as fragmented as anywhere else but the people who i expect to be playing the game outside of again people who i don't so like you have like your shinkansu who's always streaming jan who enters so many tournaments and is playing guilty gear again right Mm -hmm. and a kid viper Viper, who's starting to stream again who's playing on the background hamad really not playing so i don't think he's not really really doing much he's focusing on real life that's cool Uh, okay okay but then like there was like the exert community who they don't really post much on social media. You know, it's not it's not a lot of like Twitter stuff I see from them or anything. It's usually just maybe like in their own little discords and that. But I know they're playing. I know they're there. But I think when locals happen, we'll, I think it'll be as big as it was, or it'll be bigger than Exert definitely. Okay. And I hope to to foster that, you know, and be a proponent. Cause I, that's one thing I love to do is be a welcome party for people who I don't know in the FGC. I love introducing myself and and making them at ease. I, I still know plenty of people from like you know ten years ago, who were like you're the only person that came up to me and said what's up. Who you never you don't even know me. You came up to me and introduced yourself, seeing how I was doing, and just chatted just for a little bit. And it makes a mark. And that's what I yeah. I want to go back to that because this is a time with a new game that people are just eating up. And I want these people to stick around and see what the, the best parts of the FTC are like. Mm-hmm. So ho- hopefully you get to that and just, you know, I, I know the Guilty community will be as strong as it always was in Houston. Um, you know, maybe not as huge, as like strong as it was like, well, I guess it's hard to say. Exert, it was super strong in a different way than it was for Accent Core. But 
that I don't think we'll have any issue with having strong players and a really strong community. Awesome. Well, I can definitely vouch for you going up and introducing yourself to people. Like that's how we met, and uh, you you always you, you always were super welcoming and nice and super cool to hang out with. Uh, and I could totally see you doing that with other people too. Um, and yeah, again, I think that's really great that for somebody who viewed themselves as being on the Shire and fighting games have been um, sort of a way for you to become not just not just on stage doing commentary yeah. and stuff, but like also like talking with people right next to you. That's mm-hmm. super cool. Yeah, I, still I know remember. how it was, right? And what I, w- I always look at the lens of what I want to be what I wish more people were when I was getting into it. Right. And that's just like, hey, what's going on? How's it going? Fighting games, huh? Yeah! <laughs> yeah, still, video games! Yeah, for sure. No, I still remember the, that there was the one Texas showdown where David and I flew in, we got in, and the first thing we did was you contacted us, and we were like, let's go eat dinner, and the three of us went and <laughs> yeah. ate some dinner, dude. So it was actually really cool. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. I just want people to have a good time. You know, absolutely, and I, it's not just extended to folks who are not from Houston. I try to do it my best for the folks around here too, and just, you know, I, I'm still, you know, in, in a enclosed space, and and just even like hanging out, I'm my usual weird self. That's never going to change because I can't <laughs> stop that, you know. And I'll, I'll say dumb things as, as I always will, and that's just not going to change. But at least like people are accepting <laughs> of it, and I, I, I used to rage pretty hard, not as bad as some people, luckily. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> I have stories. I have, I, have, I have stories of Houston players who had legendary tantrums that I look back at and like I will not go to that level. <laughs> <laughs> I have sure. a, I have a weird question for you before you go, Raf. Okay. Did you ever go by the gamer tag Dick Slicer? No, that was okay. the other Raf. Oh, okay, okay. And we fought in pools at final round, and I didn't get my dick sliced. <laughs> well done. Well done. Okay, James, ask ask your question that you always ask. I mean, I'm going to ask, but I mean, this one's kind of an obvious one, right? So I ask everybody, well, where did your handle come from? <laughs> the easy answer is my middle name is Raphael. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like with, with an F. So I like the PH because of the turtle. But Okay. Realistically, it came from Raf Striker, which I know y'all, if you knew me like pre 2014, that's what it was. It was OAR Raf, and then there was Raf Striker. And Raf Striker was the name of a like Sonic OC webcomic sprite thing that I did because that was my other big thing growing up. And like in high school, I love Sonic the Hedgehog. I wanted to make sprite comics. I made my own original the character. And then I just kind of took that Raf Striker from it which was also kind of named after me and then made that my handle and then it changed, you know, over the years. Okay. That, that, yeah. that was more detailed than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah. A lot, of, a lot of people think that your first name is Rath. Are you aware of this? I am aware. And I don't tell them my first name. I'll say, I'll say it to them. It's Fernando, yeah, Fernando Jimenez, but Fernando is too many syllables for most people. So I like to keep it nice and short. <laughs> Dude, I mean, uh, I'm look, just, I've always cracked up that that's the case. I the FGC is fun. like I'm still flabbergasted that you know Ryan Hunter. That's not actually his real name. <laughs> you right, right. There's Olaf other people Redland. too. Oh my god. Yeah. 
There's yeah, I say there's other people too that I don't want to expose, but there's quite a few <laughs> that just use like normal-ish names, and you think that that's the real name. Dude, and it's not. Breaker Dave yep. isn't even named Dave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, right. that's true. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, so, where can people follow you? Also, talk about the things that you're doing on the weekends that you were just uh, you were just saying. There's a various uh, guilty gear tournaments. You follow me on on at on Twitter at RathTX. You'll, I'll post about them all the time. Like, I have one this Saturday. I'll be commentating a VTuber tournament. Oh, they're, yeah. they're, they're doing it. I think your stuff. VTubing is huge, right? And there's a there's a VTuber FGC. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I've been a part of it from the beginning, commentating it. They're an awesome group of folks. So I've been doing that. There's some uh, online, like, Texas things that are going to be happening that I'll be a part of as well. They'll be streaming it. So it's just, you know, occasional uh, tournaments that I will be involved in doing commentary. Uh Mostly on the weekend, weekdays there's up in the air, because those are mostly already settled with like you know community events of people who are doing it before pandemic. So I kind of missed my right. door into that. But if they need somebody, I'm here. <laughs> I mean, you used to run your own events for like BB Tag and and, and Blaze Blue, right? So are, are you still are you looking into doing stuff like that again? I have. There's been roadblocks, unfortunately. Okay. But that is on the horizon. Okay. Uh, I just uh, things that are out of my out of my control. But once those are smoothed out, I, I do plan to, but I kind of wanted to wait to see how everything was running in the first place okay. and just basically take data from other people's stuff and make like a better event than everyone else because I know what's going wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. So everybody right. at home can uh, follow RAFTX. So once that all gets off the ground, you know, you'll know they'll, you'll you'll be aware of it. So that's cool. Plug your stream. Yeah, go follow Raph. Twitch.tv slash Raph underscore TX. Because unfortunately, twitch.tv slash Raph is taken by a person who doesn't stream and it's just sitting on the name. Of course. Bummer. Body. Hold that. I I could take solace that twitter.com slash Raph is some guy in France who tweets constantly and I wish him the best life. (laughs) (laughs) What a Raph response. All right. All right. Cool. Well, thanks a lot for joining us, bud. Thank you, guys. Have a wonderful night. Bye-bye. Hey, you too. Whoops. All right. Always cool to talk with him. By the way, 16-bit, are you serious? That M2 Dave's real name is not Dave. It's Mario. Is it actually Mario? Someone says Mario. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's, first of all, weird. Second of all, how is it that the, the two people whose gamer tags include Dave, the way that they got it is that it's both their dad's accounts. Yeah, so right? Both- <laughs> Both Breaker Dave and M2 Dave, it, they're not actually Daves, and their dads both happen to have DMer tags, including the name Dave, and that's how they adopted it. Bizarre. Bizarre story. Okay. So weird, Thank you very dude. Much. It's so weird. That it's like, <laughs> you're, I guess if your dad's name is Dave, you're now obligated as a fighting game dude, community member to name yourself Dave, right? And I'll I say David's this on? kid, yeah. Oh, that's your kid is going to be Ultra David. Dude, oh, no. no, your kid's going to be Ultra Dave. That's what Ultra he's going to be. He's going to be Ultra Dave is what wow. it is. So. I bet some people are going to pass down their gamer tags. I guarantee this is going to happen, at least some cases. All right, You are now double-aware. Let's move on. I mean, we already had like, um, uh, oh gosh, what is it? <sighs> the juniors, right? Who aren't actually juniors, who are just little brothers, oh, and right? The, and then MK scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they love that, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's so, move on. 
<coughs> excuse me. Are we going to do the uh, live voting thing for the... the, the Correct. The, the That's the deal. Again? That's right. the deal. So let's and I'm voting it. twice. Well, Full on all live people voting. who are subscribed can vote twice. That is the rule there. And I am going to set up a poll for this for you guys. All right, while you do that, I'm going to read through. Number Go one for it. is... NRS, the most consistently innovative fighting game developer. Would you want to see other franchises change as much from game to game as MK9, etc.? Or do you prefer more stability? Number two, which fighting game had or has the most down players? <laughs> Number three, could developers aim to always give characters specific tools to deal with bad matchups, or should they let intentional bad matchups exist? Number four, what are some matchups between players you would love to see and why? Assumption that the players chosen will be in their prime form and assume that they'll both be proficient at whatever game they go head to head on. By the way, are you ready for people to vote? Yes, I am actually. So you could okay, type in so exclamation mark one through exclamation mark nine to vote on these. Go ahead and start now. All right, number five. Should the FGC ban handshakes in tournament? <laughs> Shout out. I love that this keeps, that's hilarious. Number six. Should you sandbag matches against new players, like after a Christmas sale or other big influx of new players? Should I feel bad about putting them in the blender? Seven, why is it that Brawlhalla, arguably the most successful platforms fighter after Smash, so removed from the bulk of the FGC? Can or should we look at changing that? Eight, why is Disney still blocking re-release on Steam, PS5, of NBC2 if they now have the rights to X-Men properties formerly owned by Fox, and what features would you want in it? Nine, do you have any suggestions to improve viewers' experience during downtime? Guilty Gear Strive's long downtime proves that the FGC Oof. needs to do better to address Oof. this issue. All right, I'm going to vote. I will vote officially as the Ultra Chen TV account. So take that, everybody. Let's see. Hmm... Hmm. And then, That's not the right display. how many of these can I vote for? You get, you get two of them, nerd. Well, I'm not sure that Ultra 10 TV subscribes to itself, but well, it should. Ooh, this <laughs> is a rough one, dude. Uh, if you if you are if you are the if you are a partner channel, you are automatically subscribed to yourself. That's oh, wow. like not a joke. That's that's real life. Who knew? That's why you can use your own emotes. That makes sense. Whoa! Wow, this this is changing drastically oh, here. It's a close one. I haven't. All right, let's give it like ten more seconds. All right, give me a countdown then. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five. Oh, that was cool. Four, three, two, one, and that's it. We've got three and nine as the questions for ourselves here. Three and nine. So the questions will Sorry, be- Sorry, number five. Should developers <laughs> aim to always give character specific tools to deal with bad matchups? Or should they let intentional bad matchups exist? Sweet. All right, I'll begin. I want funky, weird characters. That's like my starting position. I like weird characters who do weird things. And I like games where the characters are weird and they get to do weird and very strong stuff. 
I think that's a hallmark of many of my favorite games. And it's hard to design a game like that and put in like n really even matchups. Like that's just a difficult thing to do. I don't know that it's impossible. I think some games are close-ish to that, but others are not, and they're still some of my favorite games regardless. So I, for me, I, I like I like the character style of lopsided archetype. I like the kind of character who needs to get in and do command grabs up close. I like the kind of character that needs to keep you away at all costs. I want the kind of I, I want I want the ends. I want I want the far ends of the like FGC character scale. I want the weird stuff. And so for me it's more important to have that than mm -hmm. to have really good balance. And that has led sometimes to characters that I play having some gnarly matchups. But and again, it's not that I want bad matchups. It's that I would rather have characters that I think are fun in games that I think are fun than have perfect balance. Yeah. Um, so, like, ideally, it wouldn't be super imbalanced, but, like, Grappler versus Zoner matchups are just going to be bad. Like, it's just, sorry, like, that's the life, and I, and I don't really know what to do about that. I think there's very few examples where a, a well-designed, viable mm -hmm. Grappler beats a well-designed, viable Zoner rare sometimes but but that's okay like i i would again i'd rather have interesting fun archetypes in an interesting fun game than have perfect balance so, in conclusion uh i i don't want intentionally bad matchups to exist in the sense that like don't give me a 9-1 for no reason but like please give me interesting things and if that makes the matchup a little bit harder that's okay right and it, it, the, the, the the whole thing comes down to is you know, giving a character specific tools to be able to deal with bad matchups comes dangerously close to being like, Honda can't beat Ryu, so if Honda fights Ryu, he gets a fireball. Like, you know, only fighting Ryu does he get a fight. Like, if we ever get to that point, then your fighting game has failed, in my opinion. Like, I, I don't ever want that kind of thing. Uh, coming up with a mechanic that somehow works specifically for some characters over others. You know, projectiles are an obvious one because projectiles have the projectile property, so you could make a projectile invulnerable move and things like that. But, you know, for the most part, I just don't want to see that. Like, like David said, with characters, character diversity and variety comes bad matchups you can't stop it you know and there's a lot of games where it's not going to be as pronounced because the system of the game uh overpowers the character differences a little bit more you know some people have been arguing that you know strive is far more system focused than character focused uh of than past guilty gear games but the thing if you about, play Saul bad guy right yeah one there's Saul bad guy right and two you know Bad matchups still exist in this game, right? It's 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 yeah. clearly that the the characters I feel like have a lot more to say about the matchup kind of situation, and so I think that's I think that's inevitable. And yes, of course you want to do what you can to make it work, but you know, I feel like if a character loses nine one to another character that usually means that the character who's winning or the character's losing has fundamental flaws with the character design and they're probably going to be bad anyway. 
You know, or or too powerful anyway, because if it's that easy to exploit an, a, a a design flaw to make it a nine one matchup, like you can talk about Cami versus T Hawk in Super Turbo. T Hawk can't beat Cami at all. I mean, the thing is, until we discovered the 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 T Hawk loop, T Hawk couldn't beat anybody, right? Like <laughs> he really couldn't beat anybody. So like. I don't know. Like, I feel like... Of course the Cami player is going to, you know, protect the 9-1 matchup here. Dude, I don't want it to be a 9-1 matchup. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, in, in BBCT, when Tager got 9-1'd by one character, he actually lost super badly to several other characters, too. <laughs> right. It wasn't, like, an mm-hmm. exclusive thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Erect Tager. Uh, yeah, I... No character should not have tools to always deal with bad matchups i feel like that would be very boring and very silly um i feel like a lot of players get too stuck on balance in general what's the matchup what's this what's that game harmony is way more important than game balance Mm -hmm. uh i wish i could give like an actual example besides killer instinct but i think killer instinct is a very good example of that because KI does have some very bad matchups. It has some seven threes in there. But that game is super fun because everybody's wacky. Everybody's kind of playing their own game. It's very Guilty Gear-like. And then each character, sure, they have to follow the rules of the game. But also, they're kind of playing their own game. They're kind of doing their own thing. And that is way more fun than worrying about is every matchup 5-5. Like, that's just super boring and stale and... Nobody like you can play karate champ if you want that. Like that's that's just kind of how that is. Like it's not it's not fun. It's not fun for the players. So I think harmony within the cast mm-hmm. is way way more important. I think that's that's the route dev should go. There there's going to be 7 threes. There's going to be a lot of 6 fours. That's yeah. that's okay. <laughs> like that's totally okay. Um it's on you as a player to figure out how many of those bad matchups do I want to deal with and which ones do I want to deal with and who should I play and who fits me and that's a lot more fun than worrying about balance. Fun is fun is way more important than balance, guys. <laughs> yeah, when we had Keats on here, that was something that he talked about a lot. So, you know, obviously yeah. that's why, you know, you bring up Killer Instinct, right? Cuz Keats has that mentality and that's what he intentionally tried to do with Killer Instinct. Adam is one of my best friends, but I'm not trying to blow up his ego. That's why I was trying so hard to think of not KI, but, you know, here we are. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I... It's one of my favorite games. But, yeah, again, in thinking about some of my other favorite games, I think there's other examples of, of me having access to characters that let me do wild stuff. And, sure. and I feel like in many of those cases, even still, those characters have some bad matchups. But that's, it's okay overall. If you're somebody who is out to win $100,000 at a tournament, um, I, think, I think the kind of character that I like to play is rarely going to be the best choice for that. And I think I'm okay with that. But I'm not the person who's making that. I'm not yeah. trying to win $100,000 mm-hmm. at a tournament, right? You're not? Um, so, I'm I'm not anymore. Yeah, sorry. To, <laughs> sorry to let you know like this, but for for people who who are, um, 
I don't know too many people who have that mindset and also are playing the weirdos. Like there are some for sure, but there's it's it's not quite as common. So I, I would rather design the games for for the more people who are gonna play it to have fun. I mean, even competitively to have fun, right? Like it's as if it's not your job, which it is for some people. Right. Um, again, I want games to be reasonably balanced. Like I am not gonna play mm-hmm. Ager versus again any number of characters in CT again. Like I'm not gonna do that to myself. Uh, but like I also think that there's a really wide gap between that and where like any games are today. Like every game today has reasonably okay matchups. Even Strive. Sure. Potemkin gets dunked by some, but he has a- absolutely has stuff to say in all the matchups that I've seen mm-hmm. for him. And and it's the same thing with all the other games that I follow. So it's not, I think, a case of like what if a game launches and somebody gets 9-1 again or or even 8-2, very rare. 7-3 is r- super rare among modern fighting games. It does exist, as you guys were saying. Super rare. Um, so that's really more where it is to me. Like, am I okay with having like a loss? Yeah. I don't want to have a destruction that I shouldn't just be playing at all. But that's a that's again, right. it's quite far away, and, and none of the modern fighting games are doing that. It's it's an interesting point that you bring up though, because it's very different for professional players than it is for us, right? Yeah. We can talk about this like, yeah, we're cool with this or whatever. I mean, it is interesting in those situations. Now, one of the funny things is that, you know, back in the day, even it wasn't for a lot of money, there was a ton of pride on the line. For games like Super Turbo, if you had a character that had some bad matchups, you always learned secondaries, right? Secondaries and tertiaries were always necessary. However, that doesn't happen today as much. Having said that, though... Super Turbo has 16 characters, right? 32 if you count the ODOT characters, which, like, you don't have to learn. Like, you're not even going to see the it's, majority it's of them It's got, ever. like, 20 characters. Like, right, exactly. Like, Whereas now, you know, there's 40, 42 characters in Street Fighter V, so let's learn tertiary, secondary, and tertiary. It's like it's not as easy, right? It's not as easy to do. So, yeah, for sure, it's more important to make things balanced. I mean, I was having a conversation with people on social media that if a game like Third Strike or MVC2 or Super Turbo came out today, oh, boy, they would be so dunked on on social media. Like, people... It's like you wouldn't even take it seriously. I don't know that we would even dunk on it that much. We would just be like, oh, whatever, later. Are you you sure about that? Because Soul Bad Guy is about on par with Chun-Li right now. No, 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 no. Not compared to S.T. Vega. S.T. Vega? David? I think uh, I, I David's looking like I I think Saul is that damn good. Ch- Chun Li actually may be a reasonable. Yeah, I'm not talking about analog. ST. I don't. Yeah, yeah. maybe not. Maybe right. not ST Vega, where it's not just that he's like the best, but also that he's just really dumb. Just, <laughs> yeah, and, and not even dumb in the sense that Soul is, but like you wall dives come on like what are you doing that's right. that's a thing yeah mm-hmm. uh so it's i don't know that that's a good analog but maybe chun honestly he seems really good i don't know we'll see though yeah what, what about may may isn't even comparable to salt no, stop it no, not even stop it no. stop it yeah i mean at this point in time you know it, it really is it's just like soul and then there's like a few people fighting for second place and i don't even know if may is one of them right now to be honest with he you is not. So. i, I can guarantee you she is yeah. not yeah i agree yeah. Hey, I called it though. I told you everybody's gonna go. <laughs> May is the best, and then she's gonna drop. Okay, but that has happened for 
almost half the cast at this point. Besides Saul yeah. Bad Guy. Dude, Ram yeah, Ramathal, I've heard a lot of people are getting kind of down on at this point in time, which is crazy. So, um, but yeah, yeah, classic no. clips, definitely, for sure. Soul is definitely probably one of the most, like, uh, characters in a while. But even still, like, you look at some tournament results. Now, Wednesday Night Fights, I think, just had, like, three or four in the top eight. But, like, in the tournament that I, in the ICFC that I did today, there was two in the top weight. But there was three Ramathals in the top eight. The ICFC for Asia uh, had no souls in top eight. Do you know who won ICFC Asia today? Mm-mm. You know who won? Koji KOG with Potemkin. And it wasn't that he got away f- avoiding the bad match. He beat an Axel. He beat an Axel on stream. Yeah. So, I'm telling you, that's, yep, that, that matchup is bad but not not like that not like I'm that I'm going bad. to watch that and I'm going to steal stuff let's put it that way yeah so again even like I don't even think soul is chun-li level I don't even think soul is chun-li level only only because if you're talking about how dominant and all that stuff like that yes I think soul and chun-li match it's just that everybody else is not 12 and remy yeah, sure, sure, and sure. q That's fair. And, I definitely and, agree with that. Like yeah, everybody, yeah, yeah. And, and even yeah, everybody is Yang yeah. and Yurian and Makoto and yeah, Dudley, you're right, you're right. right? That's right. the difference yeah. here. That's the main difference. So that well, I, think, I mean, you see that even in like fan tier list now, like you know, top player tier list. It's S, S minus A. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's, no, there's no B, C, D, F tiers anymore. It's like. All right, this character is yeah. definitely good, but these guys ain't bad. You yeah, know? I mean, we were talking about the commentators were talking about it on ICFC today. Like, we just feel like if you just prorated the hell out of Souls 5K like that, and then maybe made his far slash a little bit not as cool, like that might even just be enough. I think it would be enough. I, yeah. I feel like they should just make 5K five frames rather than three. And then a lot of his yeah. big damage combo routes go away. Right. I mean, the thing is... That's what I think. You also take away cool things that people like to do. You know, and that's always the kind of the hard thing. And for me, like... That's true. We, we want... My philosophy for balance is always change the result, not what they can do. So that way people can still do the fun stuff. You know what I mean? Just make it do less sure. damage, etc., etc. I think is, is, is good, so... Boy, that clean hit on that DP. I don't Dude, know about that. Okay. Yeah, that might have to go too. That might have to go too. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, okay. Yeah, Listen, right, and, and, any of you Saul players out there complaining about it would ruin Saul, I don't care. I don't. I do not care. Cry more, get good. I don't care. It's it's annoying to see people playing the best of the best of the best and complain about well, that would kill my character. That's untrue. Saul would still be good. If his if his five K wasn't as strong as it is, right. don't be ridiculous. All right, let's move on to the next one. All right, question number two is: Do you have any suggestions to improve viewers' experience during downtime? GG Strive's long downtime proves that FGC needs to do better to address this. I've seen some Strive broadcasts that I think do okay on this actually, and I. Oh, go ahead, think, David. Sorry, I'm thinking of the Apology Man event where there was oh, there was a lot of replay going on. I've seen it's not just that one. I've watched so much Strive now. I guess I don't remember which event this was, but I've I've seen other events that also have replay. 
And that's nice. During that downtime, I think it's cool to have a bit of time where you can, you know, analyze the last match in more detail or or tee up the next one in more detail by looking at the last one. I think that's a really productive use of time. At the Intel World Open, they had a lot of uh, analysis as well. For me, that's really cool. I, I really enjoyed that. I don't know if that's what other people are looking for, but I think that's one thing that I've certainly wanted forever. But that is happening a little bit more often now, and I think that's good. Yeah. One of the hardest I, things... I, I was going to say, I was gonna say this question is very clearly taken from an online tournament viewpoint. Right, right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Offline, you're not going to have any of this stuff, yeah. so I don't think it's that big of a deal. Also, it just comes down to the lobbies being crap. If you could have eight players in, in the lobby freely knowing the lobby's not going to crash and you could just have the next four matches queued up ready to go for stream, this wouldn't be a problem. It's it's very clearly like the game's problem, not there's downtime Dude. because that's how the game is designed. It's because the lobby sucks. Dude, can you imagine if the lobbies worked? I mean, two people would be at a machine and whoever the TO is would just finish that match, leave that station, jump down and be the yep. spectator and start the next one. In fact, on, even yep, on, would be the, great. on the ICFC, we've come close to that. We've definitely had matches come fast and furious because you can see on our view that people are entering and leaving the lobbies and stuff like that. Yeah. They're setting that stuff up. It's just that every once in a while it disconnects. Every once in a while, two people can't connect every once in a while. So, you know, it's like... Uh, and like you said, offline, it's not even going to be an issue at all at this point. Nope. But, um, I mean, one of the hardest things about replays, what I was going to say, is that this is the part that kind of bums me out, is that the commentators have no control over the replays, which I guess, you know, is standard practice for regular sports. But at the same time, we don't ever get any information on what the replays are going to be of. <laughs> You know, uh, and, and like, I wish we could get that. Like, here's the replay of this situation coming up. And then we could actually prepare. It depends on who's running the stream, homie. Yeah. Callisto will be in my That's ear good. like, hey, yeah. hey, this I'm queuing up this replay of this moment. Get ready to talk. Right, about exactly. It. And, and so then, that's that's on who's running the stream. Yeah, and then there'll be other streamers who when the replays are coming up, they're like talking to everybody else. And, you know, we just have to sit there and go, Spencer, Spencer, turn off your mic. Spencer, turn off your yeah. mic. <laughs> <The blow up. laughs> yeah, I do think that this is this is solvable by better work by commentators, to be perfectly mm -hmm. honest. And yeah. also better coordination with people who are running the yeah. production. Yeah. I think I think that's sure. like that's already a solvable thing. We have done that in the past many times. Mm -hmm. It's easier offline for sure, but even offline everything every now and then something happens. Yeah, and you, and you have to be able and ready to fill time. And I feel that part of the issue with people who are watching a bunch of streams right now is that there's a ton of stuff and commentators who are who may be good in some ways, but like aren't practiced in that way mm -hmm. of like, how do I fill time? Like, what's yeah. what what if the thing goes down? What, do I, what am I going to say? You have to think about that in advance. And unless you've like done enough commentary, you may not even be thinking about yeah. that beforehand. So. I think I think part of it is that you may be seeing commentators who just aren't as familiar with how to handle that situation right. for sure and and stream production where it's online and it's just like not going to be as efficient. So, yeah, you guys are right that when it comes to offline, it's going to be better. But also, yeah, commentators have to do a better job. Production has to do a better I job. I mean, for example, today during ICFC, like when when the uh, 
the stream went down. I was kind. Of, I was assigned the lead role today, so there's always like one person who's kind of the the lead role. And as soon as it went down, I was just like, oh. And I just picked a topic to talk about, and I just asked every commentator about that, you know, just to have a discussion and kind of things like that. So, you know, it's it, like you said, it's just one of those things that you just have to get used to eventually. You know, you have to yeah. kind of learn to, to, to work in those situations. Um, yeah. Yeah, I agree with everything you guys said. I don't have much to add. <laughs> and it's always funny, too, because, like, people always want to do commentary. But I always say to everybody that the hardest part of commentary is that downtime. Like that is, that is, that's going to make the difference because it's easy for people to be hyped during the hype moments, but it's when, yeah. when like, I see so many times people in the chat are like, why are these guys talking about this? This is like so boring. Can't we get to the matches? And like, we were just told like, you know, Daigo went to the bathroom, stall as much as you can, you <laughs> yeah. know, kind of things Taking like that. Taking a big old dump, right? massive dumps. Yeah, exactly. So, like, it's it's tricky. It's a tricky situation. We don't, you, you a lot of times people at home, one time me and Jeremy were talking forever at CPT, and it was because they couldn't find one of the players to play, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you got um, to have what to do in mind. I mean, at mm -hmm. some point, everybody runs out of stuff like there's a limit to that but right yeah you can definitely do better than i think we have seen in some cases but all right i mean it was one of the reasons why i started creating some of those fighting game dictionary videos a long time ago because i wanted to create a package out of them and just be like oh if there's downtime you can play these things on the stream and stuff like that oh. but like it just took too long to make them yeah that was I... a lot of work <laughs> when when i do commentary lessons i i always want to see not just how people commentate during the match because i agree mm -hmm. that that's the easy stuff relatively speaking it's it's all i also want to always see how the intro goes yep. how the outro goes how the like pre-match setup phase goes the kind of downtime because that's yeah. just as important it's not what people think about when they think about commentating but like that is actually a lot of the percentage of time maybe not mm -hmm. the majority but a lot of time on commentary and if you suck at that then um you know, people are going to be having a bad time during a, a good chunk of it. <laughs> all right, all right. Anything else to say about this? Uh, no, I guess we can move on. All righty. Let's move on. To King of Fighters 15, in which Ramon has been announced. And also, we now know that it will launch on the PlayStation 4 and 5, on the Xbox Series X and S, on Windows 10, on Steam and on the Epic Games Store, <laughs> um, all the things. Well, not all the things, because not on Switch. The current Xbox, not on the old Xbox, and not on the Switch. Yeah, yeah not, but not, a lot of stuff. almost all the things. Yeah. Almost all the things. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that's actually really cool to find out that it's going to be on all the platforms, and you know, we'll make up for. I mean, not it won't make up. But at least it sounds like they're listening and going to try to avoid the, the debacle that was Samurai Showdown releasing on basically nothing and then being stuck on Stadia and then stuck on Epic Games. Because the Stadia wasn't listed there either, man. I mean, what happened there? Remember Stadia? What a time. Oh, yeah. But yeah. No, no Ouya? Yeah. <laughs> wow, hey. I forgot about that even as a console. To be fair to Ouya, Ouya is actually one of the best consoles to make indie games for, I read. 
Yeah, what? it's true. It's it, it's, okay. it's very it's very easy to make indie games. Oh, easy. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know. That's what and I've read. No... So like, there, there's like a dedicated group of people that still use theirs. Oh, sick. Okay. They didn't announce well, the engage. They didn't retractor. announce the virtual the engage. Yeah. 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 No, but I mean, it's. I think it's cool to see that it's going to be on all the platforms. You know, obviously they said nothing about cross-platform support, and I mean, and and frankly, it's interesting that it doesn't show up on the Switch because I mean, obviously, you know, a lot of people have been complaining about this, but so far the game doesn't seem like it's like breaking any grounds in terms of graphical intensity. So, like, you know, surprise <laughs> that it's not on on the Switch right now. Uh, some people were even speculating that. You know, since 98, we haven't had uh, a King of Fighters game where the teammates are in the background cheering. Maybe they'll add them back in this game, and so now Switch can't handle that or something. I don't know. <laughs> Dude, with, with, the way, with the way that game looks, if the Switch can't play it, it's only because of optimization. Yeah. That's, that, that's all that means to me, is they're not optimizing it properly because, mm-hmm. oof. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ramon, I got to say... I think he actually looks pretty cool. Yeah. That's that's a surprise, that's, actually. <laughs> that's all I got. Yeah. I mean, I think Ramon, uh, I don't know much about him. Uh, he's another one of those characters. So the problem with this right now is that they've still only given us four brand new characters, only one of which was unexpected, right? So the only mm. one that really surprised anybody was Chizuru so far. Uh, CYS has long been hinted to be showing up again. Chris, uh, Yashiro, and Shermi have been long hinted that they were coming back. And so uh, we still haven't gotten any new characters yet. And so all these characters, including Ramon, you know, they're still largely just, you know, they're 14, except their faces look a lot better and they're colored better, right? They're lighted, lighted better yeah. than before. And so we're still just... because. CYS, like, they, those three characters look amazing. Like, I think that they look really, really good. They are clearly the ones that they worked on later, so they had better animations, etc., etc. And so I'm just wanting to see more new characters, man, at this point in time. Like, I think we're due for a, new, a character that wasn't in 14 to show up. I so. think we're due for a lot of things in oh, regards yeah. to announcements. And and it's tough too because they're also I don't know if they're switching to bi-weekly now because of the delay announcement, right? So we've had uh two two announcements in a row that it's been bi-weekly that they've been announcing the characters ever since they deli- announced that the game was going to be delayed. So got to spread it out now, I guess. Yeah, exactly. I guess. Yeah. All right. All well, right. Cool. Well, cool. Let's move on. Hey, a bunch of tournaments happened over the weekend, and there was some pretty yeah. cool stuff. So let's talk about some of this. The Topanga Championship happened Oop. in Street Fighter Five. Of Are course, we doing that Topanga's first? Series. Oh, oh, I misread. No, you're right. You're right. It does say until World Open up there. Okay, so, my bad. <laughs> sorry, sorry, but also let's... Topanga happened. So yeah, Topanga. We'll did talk happen. about that later. <laughs> we will in the very next one. In fact, yeah. Uh, as far as until World Open goes, so this is the Street Fighter Five like series of events that's happening like kind of in coordination with the Olympics. Um, I think that was like originally the plan. And now like nominally it's in coordinated in coordination yeah. with the Olympics, but like kind of not, not actually. Yeah. Right. Um, in any case, the closed qualifiers happen. And what this means is that now a set number of players advance to 
the regional finals. And so for each of these regions, players qualified not necessarily by winning. It was like top three or four, I think, depending on the region. Um, so, yeah, I look really weird and uh, <laughs> isolated. That's for sure. James, I think, might be muted as well. I am muted right James, now because I, I was typing. I just didn't want to oh, type it. Okay. On the well, thing, can you so. like refresh my dude? Or I did. I did already. You did. So, yeah. All right. Well, yeah, I'll, did. I'll try I'm again. Good. I'll try again. Come on, dude. Oh no, I'm still weird. Well, I don't know what to make that. So it's hard to say what the results are for each region because there's a bunch of regions. There, there was uh, these are close, close qualifiers. Four regions. So there was like Brazil, Russia, Mexico, UAE, Middle East, Africa, yada yada, Singapore. Central Am, UK, Taiwan, Southeast Asia, Dominican Republic, Let's South America, going. France, you know, all of them, all of them. There's a lot. So it's hard to say what all of them were, but that happened. And so please keep an eye on the regional finals that will be coming up in pretty soon times. Did you guys watch any of this? They had actually really, really good production. They flew out a bunch of people from the UK and the US and elsewhere as well to do commentary or to do uh, analysis and hosting. Um, and they, it was like, I don't know if it was literally 24 seven, but I felt like there were multiple days in a row where like I was watching it in the morning and then it was on at the night and then it was on in the next morning. It just, mm -hmm. kind of, I don't know. It was a lot. what do you think? If you I thought, I thought way more interesting than the, the, the gameplay or the tournament play was seeing St. Cola and the boys out of the country just wiling out on Twitter. Like I, <laughs> I actually really loved seeing like anytime they would update with food picks or whatever, like there was Rob and St. Cola losing their mind when England won uh, the other day. Like, it's just like that type of stuff is really, really cool to watch and see like humans being humans again, you know, just not yeah. being stuck inside and like right. that, that's really dope to me. So, I I enjoyed that far more than any gameplay I saw. I saw a little bit, I saw a little bit, but but not very much. Nothing you're like I could comment on. Okay. They'll, I mean, they're going to be out there for a while. They're they're just hanging out in Poland right now. Like they're not flying them. Back, yeah, yeah. I think so. I think that they're just hanging out there. So it's actually interesting uh, that that's how yeah. they're doing it. So. I mean, one of the questions that we got that I thought we could just like briefly address here was uh, was kind of about this. Um, Let's see. They didn't get many viewers, which is true. Like it was often on just a few hundred people mm -hmm. watching, and almost always under a thousand when I was watching. What do you think they did wrong, or like what could they nobody have done better? Nobody knew. Nobody knew. Like you said, the schedule was all over the place. Nobody even knew when it was happening. Like, I don't know if I, I don't know. Something got lost in translation because where was the schedule? Why weren't they, you know, tweeting stuff out constantly? Why like they're it feels like they didn't have like a PR person or a community manager. It was, yeah. <laughs> oh man, uh, sorry, I just read Come a very on. yeah. I know what post you're, in the I, chat. I know. Uh, nice work, nice work out there. Yeah, I think that's right. I didn't hear about it very much. I mean, I got to be honest. I don't know. Was it, it was for the closed qualifiers? I found out. Like, I it's the process has been difficult for me to follow. There's yeah. open qualifiers. You don't have to win necessarily. You had to be like top whatever. And then same with the closed qualifiers. And well, then it, that's the case again. And then it goes to the regional finals. But like, what's what are the regions? I I'm think, sure I could find that information out. But that's not been like 
presented. Yeah, it wasn't well. given to people in a very easy to read and find format. Yeah. yeah, and even when they were doing analysis, maybe I just missed it. I watched a good chunk. I didn't see, I didn't hear that stuff. I heard like, oh, that match, here's what happened in the match. Here's what happened, might happen in the next match. Like, good analysis. They did a good job. But I just didn't hear anything about that sort of stuff. So it was yeah. not easy for me to follow. I mean, I, I think one of the biggest problems right now is that it's getting kind of blurred at this point because, you know, there's the CPT. Then there's also the, you know, we're, we'll talk about these a little bit later, but the EVO warm-up rounds. There's the mm. Intel. Like, then there's this Intel thing. I, I just feel like... Even me, who who's like has to has to try to keep track, I'm losing tr- track of everything. <laughs> yeah, like honestly, yeah. like I I I even like when I did the uh, I I just commentated on Tuesday, right? I did the I did the evil warm up rounds thing, and it was called evil warm up rounds, and it's like open, um, it's open. You know, you can sign up. It's it's open for anybody. And I tweeted out that, hey, you guys can sign up. And actually, it wasn't. It was the top eight. It was the winners of all the regions going against each other and stuff. Like, even oh. I couldn't keep track of what was going on. And, yeah, it's just – it doesn't feel official enough. We, it doesn't feel like we have that information, you know, given out uh, properly enough. And it's just weird. Like, it is – and then on top of all of that, Twitch is terrible for – non-official channels if they stream the intel world open on team spooky there would have been thousands thousands of viewers you know for sure that's the thing right so that's the thing and even though something like the 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 evil warm-up rounds were streamed on evo it's just that's not one that you pay attention to all year long you pay attention on the weekend of evo right and so yeah it's Twitch is really terrible platform for that kind of thing for discovery and just knowing when another uh, Street Fighter event is going on or something like that if it's not one of the main ones that you're used to so it's it's weird alright I like the commentary and stuff nice work anyway mm-hmm. now let's move on to the Topanga moving on Topanga Championship SF5 Long-running series, always a very long process. You know what's wild is I feel like this is actually easier for me to follow and understand than what we were just talking about. Uh, but they always start out with group stages, and then they move on to the combination of the people who do the best in that into the final stage, and then it's a whole bunch of round-robin stuff. It's a last-chance qualifier. I feel like it's easier. I don't know why that is, but anyway, maybe I'm just used to it. So the championship happened of this latest one. And it was won by Hitbox Kawano with Colleen. Okay. Second place was Roto Tokido, and third was SMB Higuchi. But what I think was very interesting about this, a few things I would say. One was that it was won, not just won, but very much done well in by the new generation of Japanese Street Fighter players. Mm -hmm. We've talked in the past about how the Japanese scene itself feels that there's an issue with the best players continuing to be the best players <laughs> yeah. from 20 years ago. Uh, and and that there wasn't like that new crop. Just, you know, many of the players are in their late 30s, 40 even. And and yet... Don't make uh, that sound so really old, David. 
Don't make that sound so old. Even old, 40, like 40, even 40, even 40, even. Oh. Ancient. Look, I'm only a couple years away now. <laughs> Ancient. Last week. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, I thought about shaving my beard before this, but I was like, ah, I kind of like the gray coming in, actually. Um, anyway, Kawano, Higuchi, Mizuha are all young. Yeah. Tokido's second place. Okay, he's one of the best of all time. What are you going to do? Uh, Itazan also, like he is 40. So that's an example of that still being very relevant. But there were lots of players in this overall who were on that older end who didn't make it into the finals at all. Daigo, he had COVID, maybe was part of the reason. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, but Daigo, Sako, all the sort of other, Fudo, like the players who are of the older generation, they weren't there uh, in the in the finals. So that is maybe finally happening now. People are talking a lot about Higuchi, dude, as being dude, like yeah. extremely strong coming up, and mm-hmm. uh, he he almost beat Kawano as well. It was really fun to watch. Yeah, I think that's really cool, though. It's 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 good to see, and it's good to see that the players are encouraged to do that because honestly, they say one of the hardest things is that even though everyone plays video games in Japan, even Daigo, like when you read his book and everything like that, you know, the esports side of things is not really truly believed in, and like you know, parents are still not going to be happy if your kids spend their all their time in arcades and playing video games and stuff like that. It still does have that stigma a little bit. Um, so, you know, the fact that these kids are being able to play and, and f- you know, feel like they have somewhere to go with it and have some success, that's what the whole purpose of Daigo doing what he does, Momochi having the Shinobism school... And uh, Bonchan traveling Japan to play Street Fighter with fans and kids all around Japan. Like, they're doing their best to try to change the perceptions in Japan. And if it wasn't having those perceptions, they wouldn't have to be doing these kind of things. You know, it'd be naturally, it'd be happening naturally. And so, you know, they're doing their best to try to. Uh, build that up like yes you can have a career and do cool things playing video games and you know I think now we're starting to see some of the benefits of that with players like Higuchi like Kawano and such sounds right and yeah Higuchi blew up Itazan it was 7-0 shake my hand (laughs) (laughs) alright anything else on this one Uh, nope we move on. Let's talk about Big Levo. Levo? I never heard them actually pronounce it. I think they People call it Levo. It I've heard it called Levo, so I've also heard anyway. it called Levo now that I think about yeah, it. Yeah, I have too, but I've heard people say Evo as well. Right. Anyway. Uh... Whatever. Let's talk about the event. So there were, it was huge. It was huge. So there were over 1,700 players in this. This is an event that's uh, run primarily by Leffen. Lots of people help. Um, and it was in both North America and in Europe. So that 1,700 number is players in North America in the like strong bracket and then the amateur bracket, and players in Europe in the strong bracket and the amateur bracket. Oh, okay, okay. So in any case, a ton of people, right? Yeah, very, yeah, very yeah. big event. I mean, the, the, and, the, the NA one was 1,000 alone, wasn't it? Or was it uh, not? Yes, I yeah, believe it was. it was. I wrote it down. 1,088. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dang, dude, that's, that's a crazy. lot. Yeah, <laughs> not bad, <laughs> not bad. Uh, I think that was actually for both combined, the, both the the strong one and the amateur one. Anyway, Sonic Fox won North America. EG Sonic Fox with Leo. Deb got second with Soul, and Hook Gang God PG Hook Gang God with Faust number three. Nice. 
watching you... Hook play Faust is very impressive. Yes. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree with you on that. Um, but it was it was cool in general. I mean, there's good variety. Just to continue that, Punk got fourth with Soul. Joe Biden, shout outs to the player Joe Biden, got fifth with Chip. <laughs> Realize fifth with Milia. Then Dragoomba and DPS go, both got seventh with Axel. Um, so that's good variety. And then in Europe, well, also, TL- oh. I just want to say it was also nice to have Tasty Jam back on the mic together again so, yeah I mean, it sucks yeah, cool. to, it sucks to say that like it's a rarity now you know what i mean yeah. like that that happens but uh it was it was nice it was nice for sure yeah they've both been playing it a lot they they're really knowledgeable in it and obviously they're great commentators so i totally agree with you um and then in europe it was won by tlr mystic with axel yeah mm-hmm. that's right uh, Anbi got second with Soul, then Slash got third with May, and then there was <laughs> Ramlethal, then Chip, and then Ramlethal, and then Kai, and then May. So, I mean, a couple of repeats, but pretty good character variety overall. And I think in combination with you know what James was talking about with like a pot winning another significant event, uh, plenty of characters I've seen win win stuff. I've seen. Um, was it uh, NLBC that was won by um, Nago? Oh boy, I think so. There was Maybe. something big that, yeah. Um, anyway, there's there's been good character variety. It's been cool to watch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, besides Saul, the game is in a pretty good place, balance-wise, <laughs> for its early lifetime. And I'm sure that you know a balance patch will be coming soon enough. Knowing Arxis, I remember Grand Blue was two months old or so before a balance patch game okay so i'm not ex- I, like I, I don't expect things to stay where they are for very long but yeah i mean the character variety in tournaments has been fantastic it's been really great to see for sure and it's it's just really nice to have something that so many people can enter not just because of the fact that it's a popular new game that's bringing together all these different scenes people who are like uh, I mean, you could say Hook's a Dragon Ball player. Like that's he's like basically right, like, yeah, fresh mm-hmm. base. Like just a few years. Whoa, 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 whoa! Hook played Guilty Gear before Dragon Ball, but he was didn't he begin becoming competitive in Dragon Ball? He played in tournaments in in Guilty Gear first. Oh yeah, oh, okay. Shout out. Yeah, to that. he's like... he's a Guilty Gear person. Wow, he's returned to Guilty Gear. That's cool. All right, so yeah. Guilty Gear player, Hook Gang God, uh, Sonic Fox, basically whatever, <laughs> uh, Punk. Street Fighter, but also like Marvel and stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's there's pretty good variety. Uh, Nash fan got ninth in this, and he's played yeah. every single game. Pretty that's, much. That's my that's my favorite May right now. I <laughs> yeah, love that's right. You were Nash saying, fan. yeah. Okay, cool. Big Nash fan stand. No Kami got ninth in that. He got the Ultra Chen bump. Shout outs to that. Hundred percent, dude. Hundred percent. Anyway, yeah, that was cool. It was a lot of fun to watch. Okay. All right. Anything Let's move on else? to the next one. Okay. Uh, the Evo warm-up rounds, as we were talking about. Again, 
it's kind of an interesting situation. Hard to keep track of these a little bit here. Uh, I did my best to, to, to try to find as much information <laughs> as I could on them. Uh, they run a bunch of uh, Guilty Gear stuff already. But again, like, I don't see a lot of the, 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 I mean, like, I'm not trying to talk down onto any of the players who play this, but I don't see a lot of, like, the, like, you know, for example, Guilty Gear Strive Evo 2021 online warm-up. Open qualifier for North America East was won by Al Rakir, who's obviously a very, very strong player. But, you know, you know, players like Punk and, and, and all these guys aren't entering these events, you know, and it's it's kind of interesting. Um, let me see. Yo, I saw Master CJ in that top eight. <laughs> yeah, CJ's still around. CJ still plays yeah, games. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Master CJ's there. Uh, the uh, open qualifier for North America West for Guilty Gear Strive was won by Informed Enigma. Uh, and then number two for America East was won by X-Mist. Uh, and then number two for North America was won by Jan. So uh, Potemkin, I heard he, he was really impressive in that tournament. So another one that I need to check out some of that pot play over there. Um, and then all of those guys played in a tournament over here. So all the winners, you can see, oh, well, you guys can see, the stream can't see this, but <laughs> Arik here, X-Mist, uh, you know, uh... K7 Showoff won it, so yeah. congratulations to K7 Showoff. The NRS the Leo. Yeah. Leo player. Then there was a North America Street Fighter V tournament. That's the one that I helped commentate. Uh, just recently, I know that this is listed as his name, but that's Yanub. Yanub oh, okay. took that over El Chicote in grand finals after sending El Chicote to loser's bracket uh, on the winner's side. And then El Chicote worked his way all the way back. 3 0'd Yanub in the first set of grand finals, and then Yanub took it. It was actually a really hype tournament. <laughs> The matches were actually super sick, so uh, shout-outs to those players. I can say this because, obviously, I saw all of this, so, you know, I can I can talk about it a little bit. But the matches were really, really, really good. And But shout-outs to, uh, to Yanub with the Manat, with the Manat, taking it, uh, you know, a character that a lot of people have yeah. talked about becoming weaker now. Uh, but, you know, he was able to accomplish that with Manat, and I think that's really cool. Oh, cool. yeah, please enter those things those are still going on yeah i mean there's prize money with there i mean obviously like the prize was like 350 for first place but you know your noob is not complaining about that 350 dollars no. yeah sure, so, so you're gonna take the money <laughs> play some games and make a little bit of money yeah totally yeah. uh all right kind of the same thing for the next topic ect community throwdown these events have been going on i've been talking about them a little bit each week but this past one i did commentary for mortal kombat 11 the second week and it was won by Aztec, who plays Kotal. Oh. Second place was Sunio, who plays Robocop. He also tried out uh, what other katana, I guess. That didn't work out. But anyway, he played a couple characters. Biohazard got third with Kano and Baraka, I think, were the only two that okay. he played. So it was a really good variety. It was cool. This uh, also free to enter, $500 on, on right. the prize pool. So first place gets 350 or 300 maybe it is. Please enter it. Like, I don't know why people aren't as much, but because it's free to enter and there's money on the line, it was an extremely stacked event. Like, there were lots of players who had won majors who were in that event. And again, and, um, it's, it's, it was really fun to watch. 
but I wish other people would enter too. So check it out if you can. Yeah, there's just so many events, so many games right now. It's like, it's really hard to keep track of these days, you know? I mean, you were talking about all these MK events and everything like that, and you had mentioned that, you know, uh, Sonic Fox Dragon weren't even in a lot of the finals recently because no, they've, they've been playing them. all sorts of other things, right? Sonic Fox obviously playing a lot of Strive these days and everything, so it's it's really interesting. All right. And then, again, please just check that out. They're doing really good stuff. They're working hard. Please check it out. And then Red Bull Kumite was announced again. Street Fighter V still. And it's going to take place in Las Vegas, November 13th to 14th at Caesars Palace. Obviously in person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's big. Uh, they also imply that there might be other games as yeah, well. If you watch the uh-huh. little announcement. And when I it mean, comes to Caesar's Palace, like that, first of all, I was just there a couple weeks ago. That's where I stayed. <laughs> and it is as back to normal as it ever. I don't know that it wasn't ever right, not normal right. feeling in Vegas. I think the people who were going there just like didn't care about anything that was going on in the world or whatever. So it it felt almost like nothing had happened. It's very bizarre. Very okay. bizarre. So I'm sure that when it comes to November, it's going to be in person, and they're probably going to look to do it big, as they always do. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it'll be cool. Considering the fact that Red Bull Kumite London had all of that Guilty Gear Strive stuff, I've got to imagine that Red Bull Kumite is going to have uh, in Vegas is going to have some Strive action going. I hope there, they dude. do. I hope yeah. they do. And it'd be sick if some of these players entered both. Like it would be rad if they had Justin and Punk for for these. Like, that would be sick. <laughs> Dawson doesn't play Street Fighter Five anymore. He'll enter Strive, but he don't play no Street Fighter Five anymore. Ooh, yeah. Also, Justin's all the way in Canada. I don't think he'll come out for that. It's probably true. that's rough. Shoutouts to Justin who made the right move. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> all right, and then uh, there was some really just kind of interesting content that came out recently. There was the article on Guilty Gear Strive now. Uh, there wasn't like there was a lot of people out there who did some summari- summarization of it, uh, but they were talking about you know it's really cool to see that Arxis is really taking rollback very very seriously right now, and in fact they're talking about how they want to port it back into older games. Uh, unfortunately, Grand Blue and Dragon Ball are not their decision. So they can't do anything about those ones, but you know, th- by the sounds of it, it sounds like maybe Blaze Blue Central Fiction. You know, like I mean, what else would they do besides like Exerd? But I wouldn't, I wouldn't know. Like they probably wouldn't want to do Exerd because they're concentrating on Strive right now. Uh, but they said that the the Dungeon Fighter game is will surely have rollback is how uh, the person who uh, summarized the uh, article stated it and they said that they might even add mini games and guilty gear strive to play with the little online avatars and yeah but the the main thing right now is that you know dungeon fighter will surely have rollback and that the they're thinking about maybe trying to put rollback into some older games so you know they've hinted at that before and people have all been like blaze blue blaze blue blaze blue and i think that one would be a good one obviously bb tag would be a cool one to put in there as well uh, but at this point in time, like for me, I really just feel like Central Fiction kind of deserves it at this point. Like, you know, that's been such a long franchise and 
it's it is an older game and even though that doesn't make it easier to put the rollback in there i think it'll still be easier than than something like exert would be for example you know i mean like that's that's cool and all like i hope that exert and bb tag and blaze blue and all those games get rollback put into them but i feel like blaze blue players should just have a new game coming out soon <laughs> like <laughs> i feel like they deserve more than rollback i think they deserve a new game soon like it's been a minute yeah for sure so i just we just don't know anything about that so i'm not sure if that's right right yeah happen so yeah 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 but yeah i, I think it's cool i I think this kind of proves that they feel like it's worth spending the money to go back and do it. Yeah. Uh, I feel like plus R proved that, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I it's like we're in a new age now. I think every fighting game developer is going to start using rollback netcode as like their base. Like that's, we're not even thinking about the lay based anymore. And mm. I, I think that strive has made that happen. Like it's, it's proven that it's worth it. And Plus R has proven that it's worth going back to fix old games and make them playable online as well. Yeah, absolutely. Totally with you on all points there, for sure. Uh, just want to check something here really quick. Um, but there was also another really interesting article. I'm going to put this Twitter thread in the chat over here. It wasn't an article. It was one of, uh, it was Harada's, uh, you know how he does the, the, the Harada's bar. And he yep. invited yeah. uh, uh, Seiji Aoki, uh, who's basically the Virtual Fighter esports slash Ultimate Showdown producer. Um, and this was a long conversation. And this guy, uh, Gosoku, uh, took the time to summarize. I mean, not even summarize. Like, I think he just wrote down everything oh, that wow. was good. You scroll down this thread oh, wow. and it's like everything. But it's really interesting. There's a lot of like little interesting stories and tidbits in there, you know, about how, you know, Harada saw Virtua Fighter as a rival, but he wants to help promote each other because he wants to maintain a strong rivalry with Virtua Fighter. But, you know, they talked a lot about rollback. And it was interesting because, you know, Aoki didn't really say much except that they really kind of considered it. They talked about it internally about using rollback for Virtua Fighter, but, you know, it was just an old game and they just didn't have the time and the budget for it and all these things like that. And it was actually Harada who was making most of the excuses on, you know, like why <laughs> rollback doesn't work for 3D games as much and stuff. But there was some interesting things that he pointed out that are really kind of neat. So he was talking about, for example, like in Soul Calibur, whenever someone swings their weapon, you know, it creates a motion blur. And uh, that is not, the motion blur is not programmed into the moves. It's, it's just built into the 3D engine. So if there was a rollback, you would actually see the sword trail actually jump to where it got to, you know, and they would have to figure out ways to take care of that and stuff. It's really kind of interesting how he was talking about, some, you know, kind of giving some insights into some of the difficulties with it. But at the same time, no more excuses. Rollback for all fighting games, you know, like seriously. Uh, but it's a really interesting thread, and I just wanted to, to, to point this out because, like I said, there's too much information uh, for me to to talk about here. But after posting that into the thread over there, you should you guys definitely should take a look at that thread. It's really cool and a lot of cool information and just a lot of good conversation in there to, to, to you know, 
learn a little bit about the history of Tekken versus Virtua Fighter and like how when Harada was first working on Tekken, one of the first things his bosses said was, what will it take to surpass and beat Virtua Fighter? And, you know, he talked about that kind of thing. So there you go. Can you put that thread into the run of show so that we can then put it into YouTube? Yes, actually. I'll do that for both of the, 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 the links here. All right. Let's move on to the mailbag. Okay, yeah. Let's do this. Alrighty, mailbag time. Mailbag time. Mailbag time. Here we go. Look at those fellas, those cuties. There you go. Let me grab the first mailbag question that we have here for everybody. The first question that we have is from Drem on Twitter asking. Did you call it an arcade stick, fight stick, or something else? I still, to this day, call it an arcade stick. Okay, I just call it a stick. I don't think I say arcade stick or fight stick. I just call it, hey, there's my stick. Yeah. I mean, generally, that's that's what I'll call it. But if somebody yeah. asked me the full name of what I would call it, I would always call it an arcade stick. I, think I don't I like fight thought- stick. I, I agree, I don't like fight stick. But I think I wouldn't have thought to call it either. I've heard people use both. But if somebody was like, what do you call that? I would say a stick. <laughs> maybe maybe I'd say joystick. Maybe that'd be like the full, actually. That's probably what I would say. That's my joystick. I think yeah. I actually say arcade stick. I actually think I do say arcade stick. You know, yeah, I mean, I'll say fight me... stick was a, a Mad Cats thing. That's what yeah. they call their stuff. Let me bring my arcade stick, you know. Oh, yeah. What arcade stick do you use? Yeah, I think I do use arcade stick or... What actually it really does just come down to what stick do you use at this point? I just like, play yeah, I really pad and stick, stick, right? And hitbox basically are kind of the way it is right now. Stickless so. is uh, my official go to at this point. Stickless. <laughs> stickless. Oh, I like stickless. I think that's this a cool is true, one. I didn't sir, come up with that, this but I like man that. has no stick. Okay, there you go. Is, um... We move on. All right, next question. Stephanie on Twitter asks, who would you main in a 90s Nick at Night fighting game? Okay, Man, now, that... You guys did watch Nick at Night, right? I mean, I mean, you're talking about when they replayed a bunch of the old old TV shows on there, like <laughs> yes. Fresh Prince yes. and all this other stuff on there. Well, that, that wasn't Nick at Night in the 90s. Nick, like Fresh Prince came on during oh. the 90s. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's a Nick at Night of the Night. So it was like Dick Van Dyke, Bewitched, Mary Tyler Moore. That's the type of stuff that was on Nick at Night in the nineties. I mean, clearly, they... in which, in which case, I am clearly going to main Samantha Bewitched. Yeah, she's going to be OP. <laughs> she's going to be OP. Like, why would I want anyone else? Or maybe Genie. What was the show with the Genie and the Lamp? Dude, I dream of Genie. Dude, I dream of Genie. Yeah, Dude, that Genie that might was, be another top tier. Genie character. was weak though because she could only do what her master told her to do all the time. She could be a puppet character. The master, <laughs> the, the the chief guy, could be controlling her around the screen. Yeah, but the the chief guy will just stand there and get his butt kicked, and he couldn't defend himself long enough. He is he... he's in the military, right? Like he was a NASA dude or something. Like he clearly <laughs> has some combat training. Nah, dude, it's all about. 
Samantha, dude. Elizabeth Montgomery. Come on. That was like one of my first celebrity crushes, I think I would say. Because Elizabeth Montgomery. Oof. Yeah. Anyways. Um, <clears throat> obviously, I would play Herman Munster. He's obviously a grappler. He's He definitely does command grabs. He's a slow-moving tank. He's got a lot of HP. He doesn't have any ranged moves. But up close, he's very frightening. And he does a tremendous amount of damage. And his mix-ups are ridiculous. But he's got to get close first, and that's not very easy for him to do. Herman Monster. That's my boy. All right, all right, all right. Next question from the mailbag. Coming from Mr. Doc Fugu via Twitter. When will Ultra David become an Olympic commentator? Yeah, David. When are you going to become an Olympic commentator? We know you are a huge fan of the Olympics, and you love them. This is actually well, a really funny question. Well, who says they didn't? But I ain't crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I had to. I didn't do it. I didn't. I didn't do it. Yeah, I chose not yep. to do it. Um, Smart move. Yeah. All right. They asked. Uh, am I-, I replied, and they never wrote back to me. <laughs> I think. I think it's. It's clearly so disconnected from the Olympics that I think that maybe I probably should have said yeah, but it like nope. kind of still isn't disconnected from the Olympics. So I, I think you would have got bombarded on Twitter after all the shit you talked about the Olympic Committee and then commentating an Olympic event. I think you absolutely would have got uh, dumped. I think you so. made the right choice. Maybe so. Oh, man. <laughs> all right. Augusto uh, Guhawk asks on Twitter... What country or countries do you dream of visiting the most whenever it's safe regarding the pandemic? Japan. Tokyo, for sure. Dang, that's a really hard question for me to answer because I I feel like I don't really have like a country that I need to visit. It's more like I would love to go to any country. (laughs) Like every country (laughs) has something cool in it. For example, it was really hard for me to say no to going to Poland. That'd be so cool. Wow. But um, I did. But like every country's got such cool stuff. I don't know. Why wouldn't you want to go anywhere? So it's hard for me to to come up with that. I feel like most of the times when I go on, when I have been lucky enough to go on trips, it's like somebody else is like, hey, we're going to go to wherever. Would you like to come? Or my parents are like, all right, we're going to take a trip to wherever. And I'm like, oh, super sweet. Or it's somebody being like, hey, would you like to come work at this commentary event in wherever? And I'm like, absolutely. That sounds great. <laughs> I don't know that I have like a priority right. of places to visit, to be honest. I would love to go to places that I, where the question is not so much it's safe with respect to COVID. I'd love to go to like Iran and Russia I think that'd be so interesting. There's such interesting places in both of those spots, but um, they're probably not going to do that anytime soon. So anyway, wherever you want me to go, I would love to go. There's such cool stuff everywhere. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, I honestly miss Japan. I do want to go back to Japan a lot. So, uh, so that's something I would probably look into. Uh, I would love to go to the UK at some point in time. So, you know, because that's one of the places I have. I've been to France and I've been to Spain now. You know, Italy is a place that I would love to go. But, you know, well, the UK is a big place. What what part of the UK? Well, I mean, Italy's pretty big, too. Right. I mean, it's nah, just, not that big. 
Well, I mean, not compared to the United States, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I was, I think, no, there's several countries within the UK. Yeah, you know? but I mean, just in terms sure. of like, hey, I've been there before, so I know what to expect. You know, Japan is definitely just up there for me because I miss that place a lot and I just enjoy it so much. <sighs> I've never so. been there and I miss it. <laughs> and you miss it. Uh, um, I would love, how do people live in Archangelsk, Russia? That would be so cool for me to find out. I Above the Arctic Circle, I'm very curious about that. Mm-hmm. Anyway. All right. One of these on things the I would one. like to go back to Alaska to actually maybe see the Northern Lights or something, because I failed last time. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> uh, next question here is from Shay on Twitter. It says, what are the most overrated and underrated movies of all time in your opinion? Oh, man. I don't feel like I can this get into loved. overrated very well because I'm not I'm not a movie file enough to, like, really be able to say that Where's, I think there's Where's Casmer when we need him? Yeah, this is a Casmer question. Casmer, when you're editing this, just be like, all right, I'm striking out. Just get rid of this footage, record yourself for two minutes, and put it right here. No, and t- let us know what the most overrated about, and like, most underrated are. Oh, my God. We're going to hear all these crazy things in that answer. Um, Lord of the Rings, awful. Terrible set. Star Wars, the worst. The worst trilogy of movies in history. According to Casper. Not to be clear, according to me, but he's going to replace this segment with him saying that. God, what would I say? For sure. It's so hard to pick, to be honest with you, because that's one of those questions that I, I, I might have to sit down and just think about for a very, very long time time just uh just admit that listen the most underrated movie of all time is robocop 2 okay (laughs) (laughs) nice work i knew you were gonna do that i knew you were gonna do that i knew you were gonna do that (laughs) i can't even say it's underrated because the majority of people really like that movie that like the first one james is like the first person i know that is just hates robocop 2 and he likes the first one so much the first Terminator one. 1's not underrated, Shankar. People like Terminator 1. Right? How yeah, is that sure. underrated at this what point? What about, man? Yeah, no. RoboCop 1 is one of the greatest movies of all time. RoboCop 2 is just absolute garbage. So, you know, it, it just really is, dude. It lost all of what Couple made of RoboCop takes. 1 what it was. They took it the wrong way and decided to make it like violent for no reason and like it was okay, like it so lost here's your answer. all of its your answer factor is RoboCop your, 2 is overrated yeah. your answer is RoboCop yeah. 2 is overrated mm-hmm. RoboCop 1 is underrated that there's the answer I don't think so because RoboCop 1 everybody loves like there's a lot of people out there who say RoboCop 1 is like one of the greatest movies of all time there's a there's that's one of those movies that you talk to a lot okay. of cinephiles and they love that movie they love that movie well, if I like yeah, it Robocop's too. dope. Yeah, All right. yeah. I don't. I don't have like a real. Underrated, I'm not super overrated. committed to this. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> What's next? All What's right, next? Fine. Fine. Okay. Let's do this. Uh. uh the next question we have here comes from King of Carbs, who asks, "Who are your favorite FGC artists?" Well, I'm going to say my favorite FGC artist is Irene, a.k.a. Wave, 
because she drew us this amazing uh, cartoon version of the three of us here. And that is just amazing. So Irene is the best. Absolutely. Coming out yeah. of the standalone large home that all three of us own, of course, of in course, our yeah. in our rural areas yeah. that we all live in. Yeah. All of us live in major cities. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, have giant homes. Small places, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's yeah. sick art, though. Yeah, yeah. Wave Chan's probably my favorite as well. I mean, I have her art hanging on my wall, and I bought it from her at some con, like, well before I even knew she played Marvel. So, oh, yeah, that's nice. that's mine as well. But there's there's so many there's fantastic artists in the FGC. It's really hard to, like, pick I mean, one. We, we I'm just could, going with the one that I know and love. We could even say Boss Logic, technically, right? But, like, yeah, I was going to say Boss Logic was involved in the fgc for a while oh, i don't yeah. think he is anymore I mean, his but. brothers are all still you know they used to help run some of the biggest uh tournaments in australia yeah, they, dude they, um, yep but obviously the other irene irene co is also a very good artist as well um they, i mean i i follow a bunch of them on on Twitter and there's just there's so many at this point like if I start naming them I'm gonna feel bad leaving a lot of them out so yeah uh, exactly okay I mean hungry clicker obviously is amazing this is like one of the fastest and best artists out there but he does everything not just FGC right so uh, Richard Suono is another big fan of the the FGC but I mean hungry clicker is like he's just He's at that level where, you know, everybody knows how amazing his stuff is, dude. It's it's ridiculous. It's kind of ridiculous. Ooh, interesting next question here. Okay. All right. Uh, this was an interesting one. Uh, the question comes from uh, Nat via Twitter. How do you feel about copies of games like Threes and 2048? I don't even know if David or Tubo knows anything about uh, I do know those two, yeah. Oh, you do? Oh, okay, okay. Well, what's your opinion on that? Well, well, do you want to describe for for people who don't know? And I know, of course, but like you know, for people who don't know, can you just explain? So, Threes is a game that you play on the mobile platform that was designed so that <laughs> you basically came out with you know it was like a four by four tile game, and there would be three, six, nine, twelve, etc. All the different you know. Uh, actually, it was three, six. 12, 24, 48, et cetera, et cetera. And if you had two threes next to each other, you could combine them and you would shift all the tiles over. New tiles would come in and you would just try to get to the highest number as possible. Uh, it was a really nicely creative game, you know, really good music, cool art design and everything like that. Then a game called 2048 came out, which was basically the same thing, except it went two, four, six, eight, you know, two, four, eight, 16 etc but was much much simpler and got far more popular (laughs) so that now every game on mobile platform is the combine two together to make four and then four into eight like there's like seven bazillion of those games out there and you know 2048 was you could tell was like very little went into the art design. There's like one sound effect in the entire game and like not much went into it, et cetera, et cetera. So 
Uh, that's basically kind of what happened in that situation. A lot of people in the gaming industry talk about how 2048 basically kind of stole the thunder from threes, which was a really creative game. Well, uh, what do you uh, think about it? I mean, yeah, what do you think about the copies? So for me, uh, it's particularly weird because uh, one of my coworkers back at Symantec, I walked over to his cube, older gentleman, and uh, he had a three style magnet on his on his uh on his uh cabinet or on the metal cabinet and i was like oh cool you play threes he's like yes my son made this game (laughs) (laughs) so i actually know the father of the person who made it and what was even more interesting is that at one point in time and i found this out later on was that the creator of threes as well as uh day nine day nine lived at my co-worker's house and they were good friends, and they were best friends, uh, and they were really good friends, and he he lived there and rented out from that house, and so, like, somehow it all tied into eSports. It's just really, really weird. Uh, but, like, it's, it's interesting because, uh, you know, once you know, like, the people who make the game and stuff like that, like, that, that makes it feel a lot more rough. Like, that sucks for him, you know, that... that his game came out first, someone else copied it, and it got more popular, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And that is kind of tough, but, you know, it's just, that's the way I feel like everything works, right? I mean, there was MySpace, and then Facebook took over everything, right? There was, you know, uh, ICQ, and then, you know, at that point, AOL Instant Messenger kind of replaced that, and you know, it always feels like it, it, it turns out that way. It always seems like the one that comes out second is the is the more important one. So, yeah, 2048 was also a free game, and 3s was not. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, I have some sympathy, but also I want to play, like, good games. And if somebody has, like, an upgraded, copied idea, but, like, does it better, then I'm also okay with that. Right. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's kind of how I feel. That's that's capitalism at work, baby. Give me more <laughs> stuff. I gotta consume. Make it better. Let's go. Yeah. It's interesting I mean, because the way the games are designed. I, I, I actually come at it from exactly the opposite side, but come out still at the same result. <laughs> <laughs> the the interesting thing about it is that twenty forty eight is also way easier. It's a much easier game, and threes is uh, very difficult. In fact, uh. V- super hard there's a lot of rng in threes that make it a little bit harder but also the game is designed in a way that it throws out like dummy blocks that you have to eliminate and stuff like that 2048 is one of those games that you can sit there and play and just like last for a really super long time unless you get extraordinarily unlucky by the rng and so it requires a lot less thought and is it surprising that that's the one that became more Dang. popular? I mean, people are idiots, James. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a mobile game, dude. Like, how right. much thought do you want to put on it while you're sitting on the toilet? Right. That's the thing, right? So, yeah, I mean. Toilet games. There should be a category of games called toilet. Toilet games. That's toilet actually games. genius. We should start this company and make a million dollars. All right, what's right. the next uh, mailbag company? All right. Mailbag, mailbag company. company. The next mailbag question. All right. Uh, next mailbag question 
is Daddy Dave via Discord asks, do you guys have any fighting games you regret not getting into or missing the boat on? Thanks, Deadeye Dave. I probably should have played Blaze Bloom more than I did. I played the first version a lot, and then I played not the last one, but the one before that a lot too. But I wish that I had played the rest. I wish that I had kept playing it as well, and I didn't. So for me, that's the game that I'd probably, if I could do it all over again, probably would have spent more time with. I have zero regrets. I've played every fighting game I've wanted to play nice. for as long as I've wanted to play it. Yeah, like I, I really don't wish I could go back and play Blaze Blue or Old Guilty or anything. Like I play what I like. So yeah, no regrets on this side. Yeah. Well, I think that's a really good way to do it. I, I think, you know, the reason that I didn't play more Blaze Blue, it kind of was that, like, I felt that I needed to pay attention to Street Fighter 4 and whatever else I was commentating at that time was probably, like, Mortal Kombat or Injustice or whatever it was, I guess. Uh, and I really liked, I especially liked those. I didn't super love SF4 for a while, although I never didn't like it either. So it wasn't like it was a big chore to keep playing and paying attention to that game. But, um,. I didn't think that for Blaze Blue there was the same like impetus of like maybe I get hired to do commentary. Right. And that's you know that's never been like a a big thing for me. Again, like I liked SF4, just wasn't my favorite game in the world, but I liked it and I really liked like Mortal and Injustice. So I I commentated those games primarily cuz I liked them, but as a, as a secondary consideration, if I like two games and one of them like I can commentate and get paid for, like I'll probably do that. And yep. I think that that was what it was about. Right. Anyway, what, what about you, James? Uh, for me, Unist, Exerd are two games that I wish I played a lot more of. MVC2 is kind of a game that I wish I actually knew how to play at all through any, like, shape, any shape or form. So, uh... But yeah, basically, those are probably the two that I miss the most is Unist and, and Exert. But again, both of those games I didn't play a lot of because the online was bad. Honestly, yeah. like yeah. that's just really what it came down to. Yeah. I did lobbies for Exert and I just like it was just it, it's frustrating. And then, you know, the, like Unist was so much to the point that when I played it online and then I played training mode, I couldn't do my Nanase combos. Like I had to readjust. Like that's how much of a difference it made because she had that combo where you had to jump and hit heavy as soon as you leave the floor. And online, I would have to hit up and then the button before I even see my character leave the floor to make it work. And then I would go into training mode and I would do that. And I would just do standing heavy all the time instead of actually jumping, you know, it was, it was very frustrating. So I wish I could have played those games more. It's my fault. Obviously I had plenty of opportunity to do that being in SoCal and actually having a local scene, but there's the problem of being an introvert and not ever wanting to leave the house basically. So Back in 2005, I thought to myself, you know, it would have been cool to learn Marvel 2, but it's too late. People are already too good at that game, right. <laughs> and I, I'm not going to have any more time. And then in, like, 2008, I was like, you know, it would be cool to learn Marvel 2, but it, people already did it, and it's too late, and I'm not... 
I must have thought that to myself over a period of 10 years or something of just like, I think it would be cool to learn this game, but it's too late. And if I had just started at the time, I could probably do it now, I guess, but I'm not going to, but like, I probably could. It's, it's probably never too late. I know people are still playing that game, but that was, you know, I felt that way for quite a while. All right, what do you got next? We got a couple more here. Oh yeah, okay. Uh, let's, uh, let's get this moving. It's really yeah. Late we're moving. Me. We're moving. Back we're doing it. Back to Dead Eye Dave. Well, actually, oh no, no, I was almost about to skip a question over here. Uh, let's do this first over here. Wasik via Twitter asks, "What is your favorite voice line or general sound effect in fighting games, and will you do an impression of it?" All right, don't everybody start at once. What do you got? <laughs> What's your favorite? Pineapple surprise! <laughs> okay. Sentinel Force Destroy. <laughs> Coffee Pot. Uh, for me, one of my favorite lines might be Justice Feast! Yeah, that one might be uh, uh, one of my favorites because that one is hilarious. So. Or, Good you know, old Marvel. To make it last as long as possible, I can repeat uh, um uh, Nagoriyuki's uh, discussion about Onigiri. <laughs> Have you actually checked that out before? No. Set him to English no. and then taunt with uh, uh, Nagoriyuki until he starts talking about Onigiri. Like, do it. Like, it's just recommended to do, do it. it. So, All right, we'll do. We'll do. Do it. All right. Do it. All right. Uh, let's do this. Uh, oh yeah. Toasty is a good one too. Yeah, that's actually oh, classic, very of course, iconic. Uh, Dead Eye Dave once again on Discord this time as old men. What's your favorite smell? As a young person, I love the smell of regular cliched things like the ocean or fresh cut grass. But as an old man, it's definitely garlic and onions being fried in butter. My cat, probably. My cat. Dude, I was a... gonna say cat. Oh, that's yeah, so cute. I, love, I, I was absolutely gonna say cat. Smells. Yep. My yep. cat just yep. used the litter box right now, and it is disgusting. So that is definitely <laughs> not my answer right now. Brock, uh, you and I definitely have the brain parasites. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> the cat. It's the you cat. You know, it's weird yeah. too because like I know my cat's breath stinks, but I like the smell of my cat's breath. It's oh, weird. I hate my cat's breath. My cat does a thing where he licks my nose. Like uh -huh. that's if I'm laying in bed, he'll lick my nose if he wants my attention and cuddles and all that. And his breath is the worst. I get upset every time. Oh, weird. Okay. Okay. But I love the way he smells. Like yeah. Okay. When it's he like when he has yeah like the way he smells is fantastic. What's I don't know how he does like, it. I, I don't bathe him. One of my friends found out that there's actually a bunch of people that just love the way their dogs' paws smell, and like there's like a whole thing out Here. there of being a fan of the way your dogs. I don't need to know smells. anything else about this. Yeah. I, I really don't need to know any more. Uh, for on. me, honestly, uh, one of my favorite smells is just vanilla. I just, I love the smell Ooh. of vanilla. I, I just do. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, every time I smell vanilla, I just get really excited. Uh, a lot of food that my mom makes is some of my favorite smells as well. But, you know, that's just basically that what sense. it is. So, all right. And so our final question, Fat Cat on Discord uh, asks, who in the FGC has the most pinchable cheeks? Uh, the PG version. The PG version. Um, it's Hanzo Gonzo. Hanzo Gonzo, for sure. Freshly shaved Hanzo Gonzo. Most Freshly shaved. cheeks in the FGC. Absolutely. 
right. I, I, I'm going to go with Kizzy. I think Kizzy K is adorable. Yeah, that's uh, okay. Okay. I'm going to go with um, me. <laughs> Ooh. This. I mean, I Alright guys, you heard it you heard it here from James. You see him at a tournament, walk right up to him, just grab his face. Just get a little fish. Really let him there. have it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That's how you say hello to James Chen. You just grab his face. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. No, I was, right. it just made me think of the I was doing that uh what was it? It was from the Princess Bride where he like pinches Fred Savage's cheeks and it makes that weird noise. So anyways. Eris is a good answer actually. Eris is a good... He would need to shave. And see his cheeks. Yeah, yeah you, you don't even, even know. Yeah, you don't even know. I, Maybe I, he has sunken cheeks. You have no idea. But the thing is, we have to spread that so everybody tries to pinch his cheeks. Oh, God. Mm. Terrible. I feel bad for the man. <laughs> Dragon is actually a really good answer, actually. That yeah. would be a better choice well. than... Yeah. Uh, no, I'm still going to go with Hanzo Hanzo. But yeah, Dragon is a, a good choice. Yeah. All right. Is it is it wrong if I say maybe like Persia? Because I think Persia has very pinchable cheeks too, right? He so. does. That's he a does. good one. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh huh. Okay. All right. All right. Good old Hanzo Gonzo. That's it. Yeah. Thanks for hanging out. All right. We did it. We hey, did. I, Welcome I, to I the Turds A Show. I think. Uh, I think that. Uh, this is actually oh curly w that art was done by I, irene wave chan and uh i'll talk to you some more uh, i did a cross i made a fighting game crossword puzzle uh i know that i flubbed it at one point in time in terms of the layout and i feel bad about that but if you check my twitter account i definitely have diff two different ways to to do it and if you enjoy it let me know i might try to make some more because I've just been doing so much. Uh, I've been solving crossword puzzles on my phone like constantly. And so uh, I, it's something that I, I kind of want to do more of if people are interested in. Yo, I got to go, guys. My girlfriend's here. All righty. Also, my camera is about to die, apparently. So thanks a lot for hanging out, everybody. Have a good night. <laughs> His chair is literally spinning. It's Jeez hilarious. Out. All right. <laughs>